0: Hey, we are rolling. This is Brad Costanzo, and I have got a very fun interview for you today. And by the way, if you do not know, this is an actual video interview as well. So if you click the link in the show notes, if you're listening to this on a podcast app, you can go over to the site and watch the actual video of my guest and I today. And I've got a very special guest. This is a very selfishly interesting topic for me. And there's there's gonna be a fun story behind this, uh, I guess. I've got my friend Ty Zen on the show today. And um, I wanna read you, I wanna take you back seven years into 2013. And I wanna read you a couple of quick messages I got from Ty, because I've known Ty now for about, I don't know, a decade or so. And um, Ty, I'm, I'm reading here. This was May 8th, 2013. Ty, who was in a, a mastermind group of mine, sends out a message that says, hey guys, my colleagues and I in the financial sector have always hoped for a technology or solution that'll come along and level the playing field for the little guy, stop all the nonsense that Ben Bernanke and the banksters are doing to our monetary system by disgustingly printing money at will. I strongly believe that Bitcoin is the best solution so far and they have a conference coming up in San Jose. He goes on to talk about the conference. He says, that Satoshi Nakamoto guy who came up with this Bitcoin solution should get a Nobel Prize in economics and peace for his work in resolving the problem with Wall Street and the banks. Now that was May of 2013. December of 2013, I get a, I get a Facebook message from him and it says, hey, Brad, here are some Bitcoin videos I made for my friends if you're interested in learning more about Bitcoin without all the technical mumbo jumbo. My next Facebook message from him was June 2nd, 2020, seven years. There aren't too many things that I wish I could go back in time and slap myself in the face for not paying more attention when I did. Uh, This is one of those times. Uh, Ty's been a friend of mine for years. We really didn't talk for a while, but in that time, he really doubled down on Cryptocurrency, trading, investing, Bitcoin, and all of the like. And uh, I'm going to let him tell you more specifically about the results he had. Not only has he personally created a fortune for himself, but he created a training coaching academy for other people who wanted to learn this way back then, created a lot of millionaires out of it. And I personally have recently started to get back into this. And try to understand what's going on in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. I put about $5,000 in the market back in maybe 2015 or 16, watched it go up, watched it go down, ignored it, got back to work. And recently because of Ty's guidance personally with me, but also some of the stuff that I'm paying attention to in the overall macro economy, I think now is an incredibly important time for all of us to pay attention. I've invited Ty to the show to really give a real world, non-hyped up, um, straight talk primer for all my listeners who have heard about it, but don't really know much. And then we're going to go into some of the more advanced things that he's seen in the market of, you know, why we should be paying attention. So Ty, that might be the longest uh, introduction in my show's history, but it, you know, I think the situation was warranting it, but welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business. It is so good to have you.
1: Hey, uh, thanks for having me on here, Brian. You know, I really, really, uh, it's, it's a great honor for me to be here on your show with you. You know, um, um, there's not too many people that I can say thank you to and say directly that helped me to become a multimillionaire and become financially free. And I would say that you are one of those people and I've been grateful for it because when, when I first came out of prison and I was, you know, for drugs, uh, um, when I first we're going to get
0: to that story don't worry folks
1: <laughs> i, I didn 't know nothing and and I remember that one time that you sat down with me in Dallas when I first moved up there, and I had nothing you know and and you took the time and 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 and, and, and uh, you explained to me what to do to to get on my feet and and move ahead in life financially and stuff and I remember you know and then you let me into your mastermind and stuff and that that dude that was so huge, man like there's not, there's only like a handful of people that I can say directly had a direct impact on me becoming financially free where I'm at today, you know, and then you were definitely one of them. So I'm, well, income- I can't tell you what that means for me just to hear that. Like,
0: it's it's one of those things like, you know, you hope you're doing good stuff for people in the world. And uh, like I I just couldn't be more proud of you because I remember when we sat down and yeah, you were tr- trying to figure it out. You were, you were kind of struggling. Uh, we'll Uh We'll talk about your backstory here in a second, because it is it is so important to really understand for you guys listening, you know, who Ty is and where he comes
1: from. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I want to, th- I want to thank yeah, you for it. I just want your audience to know that, you know, not to take that lightly because, uh, the, uh, you know, like I would say this, like, you know, I grew up in the ghetto and everything and then the projects was really poor and it was Tony Robbins who first changed my mind that, you know, when I read his unlimited power book that said, Hey man, like, um, you know, if you change your mind, you can change your life, you know, and yeah. then it was a uh, rich dad, poor dad, who's, who uh, said that, hey, if you want to make money, you got to learn about money, but those guys were in books, you know, I never met none of those guys in real life, and to meet you, you in real life, you know, in Dallas, and if you sit down, and take the time to sit down with me, not rushing, you know, how, like, you meet some people that are doing good, and when you sit down, and you try to have a talk with them, you know, it's like, they try to rush through it, you know, and get through, man, this guy's a, a broke ass, you know, and let me just hurry up and get through this, you know, and just get it out of the way. But, but I don't know what you saw at that time, but, you know, I really appreciate the time that you, 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 you spent sitting there with me and explained to me what I needed to do, you know, and, 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 and you even, you know, connected me with different resources and people to do that. And every time I've met you, I always remember, man, this guy, every time I meet this guy, he's introducing me to, to new people that can help <laughs> to the next level. You know, so uh, you know, I'm I'm not saying that you're better than Tony Robbins or Rich Dad, poor dad, you know. You
0: can go ahead, say it. No you know,
1: I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh but I will say this, you did, you know, it is it's not just a matter of, you know, somebody telling you through a book or an audio cassette tape or something, but for, for someone to actually be successful and sit there in front of you when when you're broke and they're sitting there across the table from you and explaining this to you. And then when, when well, like I said, when you got into the mastermind, right, it just it blew my mind the 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 level of people that you had in your mastermind that was playing at that level, and i've never you know I've never seen somebody talk about making you know a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, much less to even do it in a month that 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 just blew my mind, and what that did was it just helped you know open my mind like man there's guys out there just you know like there's guys out there that just just normal guys like my, myself that, that learn these skills and then was able to come up, you know? So I, I just want to say thank you to you for that,
0: man. Well, and I want to, I want to say thank you. It me, as I said, it means a lot. So you mentioned uh prison and you mentioned growing up in the ghetto. Uh, we're going to get into Bitcoin and crypto, but I mean, your story is so remarkable. And every time you, you know, you tell the more details, it's like, Jesus Christ, it is amazing where you're at, but it's a testament to you and your, your, um, fortitude there but you know take us back like you said you grew up in the was it the ghettos of uh, yeah, I'm um, from
1: a, I was born in Vietnam so everyone yeah. knows born in Vietnam and after the war with the US um, the um, I came from a really small fishing village it was like maybe less than 3,000 people in there and my dad you know um, he uh, he stole one he hijacked him and his friends hijacked one of the communist patrol boats there and we escaped Vietnam um, after the, the communists took over the southern part, because we live way at the, 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 the end of the southern part of Vietnam. So it took them several years to, to come down that far. And we were just a small, you know, fishing village that is not a huge impact on the country's security. So it, yeah. they all get there several years yeah. later after the fall of uh, Saigon. And so we left after they confiscated, the communists com- confiscated all my uh, parents' uh, property, and, and, and they just confiscated everybody's lands and, and businesses and everything. anyway, so we left, and then on on the ocean out there, we got into a gunfight and got hijacked by some uh, Thai pirates. And so we ended up in a Malaysian refugee camp for like a little bit over a year. And then um, we were there, and then from there, we got picked up by the, um, I guess, the United Nations and the Catholic services in New York City. So somehow or another, we ended up with them. And then so we came to uh, America, lived in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, We got sponsored by a... um, Luke Jackson Honda, their the, the family. Um, I'm not sure they're still uh, there or not. They, they, they had a uh, successful uh, Honda motorcycle dealership business there, and then from there we moved to uh, Olympia, Washington, and then that's where I learned how to speak English. And then we lived and worked for years in the uh, farms, the picking fruit and vegetables uh, out in the farms in Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And- Saved up some money, moved down. You know, like, migra-
0: like migrant working, right? Yeah, we were just
1: migrants. We, you know, we, we, we didn't come from a rich family. We, my, my family was not educated, you know, didn't have a high level of education. You know, we came from a very small fishing village, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, uh, just, just to give you an idea how backwards our fishing village was, you know, when the uh, American Navy uh, uh, had their base there at my village, the, uh, out of all the villages, they, they, they chose to uh, it's called the uh, the Brown Water Navy, I think, is the name of it. But they had their base there because it had the deepest uh, ports, the, the deepest uh, the river ports. So they they had this, they had uh, the the U.S. Brown Navy uh, base there. And then from there, you know, when we, we when we had um, uh, water pumps and and things like that, but that was a huge innovation technology for our village because you know we hadn't seen that before. So just just even just a, a fresh water, just a water pump or water filtration system that was. With- Yeah, That was was huge for us back then, you know. So just to uh, give the audience an idea of the background of my village. But then, so from Salem, Oregon, we saved us some money from picking fruit and vegetables in the farms of Salem, Oregon, and then we moved, relocated down to uh, Fort Worth, Texas, to work in the sweatshops. And Texas is one of the states in the southern part of the U.S. Um, And we were working in the sweatshops there, so I was sewing clothes, like, you know, stuff like this, you know, and we were... My brother and I, we were cranking out probably about 2,000 dresses for women each week. And we did that for several years, like from the time we were in the... How old were you then? um, We did that from the time we were in the fourth, fifth grade all the way up throughout high school. Wow. Yeah, sweatshops were real. Yeah, yeah, sweatshops were real. And and when I tell people that they think it was in in, uh, China or somewhere, no, it was in Fort Worth, Texas. So, Yeah. And then, and then um, so,
0: and then I know. Fast forwarding, you you grew up. You, you moved down to South Texas, yeah. And you true, in uh, a really rough neighborhood, right?
1: And Port Arthur, and uh, we Port we Arthur. lived. You know, my dad tried to save some money. Well, we actually moved down to near Houston, but we got robbed. My dad bought a machine shop down there, a small machine shop, and our neighbors came and robbed us after we finished a job and made a few thousand bucks. You know, they found out about it and came in and, and beat the crap out of my dad and my little brother, just to beat the hell out of all of us and robbed us in this, because we lived in a trailer park at that time. And so my dad got scared and he took us down to a smaller village called, you know, Palacios in Texas. And we didn't do too well there. So we moved back to the Houston area around the Port Arthur, Beaumont area. And we had a machine shop down in the downtown Port Arthur. And my dad, got there, and you know, my dad does not know like where ghettos are at in America, you know, like anything with a paved road is better than the village that we came from in Vietnam. So he didn't realize that this was an entire black neighborhood, and and you know this was a drug neighborhood. And I'm not saying that just as a black neighborhood; it's a bad neighborhood. I'm just saying this particular neighborhood that we lived in in downtown Port Arthur was drug infested. You know, they were selling crack, they were selling cocaine, heroin. They just everywhere. And my dad moved there because the property uh, was cheap. You know, so he he moved there so that we can reduce the the, the cost of living and stuff. You know, so he bought a, you know piece of land. It was just straight ghetto. It was straight ghetto. If, if you guys are in hip hop, you'd know that's where, you know, UGK and all them guys are from, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, we live right just a few blocks from what they call short Texas, where all the drug infested neighborhoods were. And there was just nothing but crackheads and crack dealers, you know, walking our neighborhood every day. I hung around the wrong people, got involved in drugs, and ended up in prison and, and spent almost 14 years in prison, in federal prison for drugs, right? And, and when I came Wasn't out, it also,
0: I, I think I remember you talking about also, it was more of a trumped up gun firearms yeah, charge, yeah.
1: right? What, what happened was when, uh, one of the guys, um, um, I had this uh, white friend who he was really um, good friend of, of ours, right? And he, this was his third time getting arrested for drugs. So he was going to go to a prison for life for, for a very long time. So he cooperated with the police to set up all the guys in the neighborhood. So he helped set me up and then a bunch of other uh, black guys, Mexican guys, everything, you know? And so we all went to prison and then he didn't, you know, or he only did a very small amount of time. It really sucks because when I went to trial, you know, I hadn't seen him since I got arrested. And then when I went to trial, he showed up at the trial and I thought, oh man, you know, like, you know, I thought he had forgotten about me, you know, and left me for dead. And this is like when I was 18 years old and then come to find out, you know, he didn't show up to trial to show support for me. choke for trial because in case they needed him to testify against me. Man. You know. Yeah, it, it sucks, man. And, and I, I couldn't figure out, you know, at that time I was not very street smart. I was not very, you know, I was still very naive, you know. And I didn't know what was going on. You know, I just saw him I was like, man, you know, like at least some somebody came here to show support for me, you know. And it really sucked, man, because I couldn't figure out why he wouldn't look at me. You know, I couldn't figure out why he wouldn't look at me, you know, and it's like, you know, and, you, and you've been to, you've seen a, a US courtroom before, you know, they have yeah. a chair back for the public, you know, and if, if you were, you know, if, if I, if it's your trial and I wanted to show support for you, I would just come sit behind you, right. behind you and your attorneys, you know, which is would be about maybe, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the it would probably be, you know, the, uh, the distance of like two meters at most or, yeah. two yards, right? So I can just come sit behind you just to show you that I'm, I'm here to support you but he was sitting like the farthest distance away from me and he would never look at me. And and then, and then when. He started to give you clues corner, of what was going on? No, but then, you know, it's, you know, it's one of those things like, uh, you know, you, it's one of those things where you, you, you know, you're, like you have a, a, uh, a crush on a girl or something in high school and then she has, you know, then one day you see that she's kissing the other guy, you know, and then you realize that, Hey, you know, she really doesn't like you. You know, she likes the other guy. It's one of those moments in time where, except this time, you know, it really hurts. Cause you know, that if that guy opens his mouth, you know, you could, I could go to prison for life.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But you, you know, did, you got, happened. so you got sentenced to 14 years. Is that right? No, I got sentenced to 15 years and one month. And then with good time and everything I got out, you know, like after, um, like, uh, I was supposed to get out like after 13 years, but they kept me there longer because <clears throat> at that time, um, I was not a uh, US citizen yet at that time. So because of that, right, they, they, uh, uh, they tried to deport me mm. but they, because Vietnam's a communist country and I came to America as a political refugee. So, so they couldn't- was, yeah. yeah, so I'm allowed to stay in the US. I'm a legal resident in the US, but they didn't, uh, um, they said, you're not a citizen. So we're gonna try to deport you even though there was no treaty with Vietnam to take back prisoners. So because of that, you know, mm. I did, um, uh, all the Vietnamese people and all the Cubans were kept in detention. So mm. the difference between detention and prison is that in prison you have prisoners' rights; in detention you have no rights. So just if people ever want to know what the difference between the two is, so if that—that's why whenever like they say there's no we don't put anybody in prison that's 18 years old. That's not true. They put you in detention when you're 15, 16, and then when you turn 18, then they move you over to the prison. Right. Now, how old were you when you got out? Um, I came in when I was 18. I got out in my mid-30s, around 34, 35.
0: What was the first thing you did when you got out uh, for, for work?
1: Um, my little sister told me because I was teaching art in prison. She said that, hey, you can get like a job at the art galleries or something like that. Now, keep in mind, I went to prison at 18, so I never got a job. I only worked in the family, you know, machine yeah. shop. So I don't know about how to get a job or none. So I figured, you know, let me just go down to the art district and uh, you know, I'm a pretty good artist. So I was teaching art in prison. So I said, Hey, let me go and see if I can get a job in an art gallery, because I don't know where to go get a job at. So I didn't know. I was like really desperate for the, 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 the job because what happened was when I finished my 13 years uh, drug sentence, right, they kept me in prison for almost another year in detention for the INS for immigration detention. And it was thanks to the Supreme Court, they ruled that, hey, man, if you know you cannot deport someone back to their country, you got to let them out. You can't just keep them in prison, you know, yeah. definitely, right? So the Immigration Customs and Enforcement, ICE, they, they said, hey, uh, okay, so they were, they, they, they were, you know, because of that Supreme Court ruling, they had to let the, the Cubans and the Vietnamese out. So that, that's how I got released back in, uh, they, they finally released me, but there was a condition. They had several stupid conditions that I had to go along with. One of them was I had to get a job within 30 days or else they, they had the right to put me back into detention. Wow. Right?
0: And, and, I, so, and I, the, the challenge there is obvious. Like, hey, you, you've, been, you've served the past 13 years in prison. Yeah. You know, you got to get a job, but, you know, society is notoriously hard on ex-cons.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what happened was one of my uh, 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 cellmates, one of my celly, he, he, I said, man, you know, I can't get out because I, you know, I need someone that can guarantee that I will have a job when I get out. So he said, let me see if I can help you. So he got one of his friends in the city of Austin, who own a uh, pool hall, a billard uh, uh, place, cafe, right? It shoots pool and drinks coffee and stuff. And so he got that guy to uh, notarize a statement and saying that, okay, if Ty comes out, I guarantee that I will, you know, uh, give him a job. And so, because of that, I was able to get released. And then when I showed up at his place to, uh, um, to start working, he said, hey man, you know, things have changed since I, I signed that uh, uh, affidavit for you, you know, you know, I'm not doing as well, you know, and I, I you know, I, I can't help you, you know. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm a, him, you know, the, like if I don't have a job within 30 days, you know, they'll, they, they can put me back in detention. And he said, man, um, you're out here, man. Go hustle and make something happen, man. So my sister told me that, hey, uh, uh, they, they have a huge art gallery down in, in Austin, Texas. And so I went down there to the art district. And it's really funny because I went down to uh, uh, where the bus stops at in, in, in Austin. You can turn left on 6th Street. Or you can turn right on 6th Street. And I didn't know that. And so I turned the wrong direction. Like I, I, I went down like, um, I went down, I turned right and I went down the art gallery district and I started looking for jobs and, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't uh, let, um, have anything available. And so I got, I was like, man, I got I, I to gotta let these no guys know that I'm serious and that I'm not joking around and I really need this job. So I, I, what I did was I started offering them, you know, that, hey, man, I'll come work for you for a month for free, just to say that I'm employed. And then if you like me after a month, just keep me and, you know, pay me for that month I spent there. But if I didn't bring you any value, then don't pay me. Just let me know and I'll go get another job. And what I was doing is I was just trying to buy time so, that I, didn't, so I didn't have to go back to detention. I just wanted to say to, to, to ICE that, you know, my, my, my parole officers, that, that I'm working so that they couldn't put me back. It and didn't I, matter
0: how much money you made. It just yeah, not a you were cause working, I a job. Yeah,
1: because yeah. yeah, the agreement was I had to get a job. It never said how much I had to, to make. Yeah. So and so, there was, so I said that, and then I didn't get a job. And the next day I came down to the same bus stop, and I turned left this time. And instead of the art district, I thought it was the art district, but it was the club district. <laughs> yeah, it was all the clubs for the college kids uh, to go have fun and dance and, and, and party and stuff. And so I went down there and I remember this one Samoan guy, this, uh, this uh, uh, gang banger in Samoa, uh, uh, in prison, who came from Samoa. And, and he was a gang uh, uh, banger out in LA. And he said, I used to train him in prison and to work out and get big and strong and stuff. And we used to play football together and stuff in, in prison. And he said, Hey, man, if you ever come to LA, he goes, I like you, man. He goes, If you ever step foot into LA, I will get you a job. I don't care what city you're in. He goes, I got connections over there. you ever step foot in, into California, I will get you a job. You don't have to worry about that. I said, what kind of job are you going to get me? Because I'll get you a job as a bouncer at a club. You know, it doesn't pay much. It'll be a job to satisfy your uh, uh, parole uh, obligations. Yeah. You know, so I remember him saying that. And at that same time, I just happened to see like three bouncers at the Coyote Ugly. Yeah. at The Coyote Ugly down in downtown Austin that look, they were built just like, the huge Samoan guy that, that uh, I used to hang out with in prison. And that's what, that's what crossed my mind. Maybe I should ask to be a bouncer. Yeah. So I walked up to them and just, man, I asked them, hey, man, you got a, 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 a bouncing job for me. Uh, you know, and just for the people outside the US that's listening to this, a bouncing job is a security uh, guard job where you work at the front door and check everyone's I, uh, IDs to make sure that they're, older, uh, they're over 21 years old before they can come into the bar or the club. And so what happened was they said, no, nah, man, we just hired a guy last week, but if you walk across the street and go to that jazz club and tell them I sent you, they need to hire another security guard or a bouncer. There you go. And I got my first job, man.
0: Beautiful. And- now, I wanna, I wanna fast forward a little bit. Um, at, at one point, I remember when we met, I don't remember when we met if you were bouncing or you at some point were working for a, um, a like a stock market trading training yeah. company um, where you were both, were you both trading and teaching or selling or what was the, what was the okay. role there?
1: So the role there was while I was working as a club, as a mouncer, I was going to, um, uh, uh, at night during the day, I would try to go to school to learn how to trade stocks. That's always been, you know, ever since I read rich dad, poor dad, yeah. you know, um, I realized I can either go the real estate route or the stock route and the real estate route. I couldn't because in this, in the state of Texas, they would not allow anyone that's been to prison someone like a, 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 a who's license, convicted. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't give them a real estate license or not like that. And a few real estate brokers even offered um, to pay for uh, me to study and get my license and come work for them. But I couldn't, the, the state of Texas would not give someone with a, uh, a felony record, a, a real estate license. So because of that, I had to go into the stocks. So I said, well, screw it, I'll just go and focus on stocks. And that's what I did. I went and learned uh, how to trade stocks at that time at a school in uh, Austin. And then, you know, one thing led to another, I started trading stocks for the first time in March of 2008. And so the market, the, the market crashed right afterwards. So it taught me a lot how to survive in a market crash. And then I just came up from there, started doing a little bit better. And, but it wasn't, you know, the profits were not consistent and I had very little money. So I would, you know, even when I made money, I, I, you know, it wasn't enough for me to quit my job and retire or anything like that. And then at, at uh, one point, that was in 2008, and then for, fast forward two years to t- 2010, and that's when I got recruited by the school. Because, but you know, I figured, you know, instead of hanging out with my knucklehead friends, I didn't want to make money and get ahead in life. You know, I was trying to, you know, catch up. You know, I was trying to uh, speed up. You know, getting back on my feet. So. I had free time and I wasn't working at the clubs as a security guard. I would go to the school and volunteer to help them clean up their computers, pour the coffee for the instructors. And, you know, I came from the old school, you know, Kung Fu days, you know, where yeah. you go to the dojo and you just help mop up and clean up and do whatever you can when you have no money to, to, to get, you know, Kung Fu lessons. Right. Exactly. So that, that's, that's what my, my mentality was, you know, and you know, from an Asian culture that that's already instilled into us. So it was not a big deal for me, you know, so I would go there and while the stock trading instructor was teaching, you know, I would go out there and make, you know, clean up the coffee machines, pour the coffee for him, you know, while he was lecturing or something and, you know, and he needed to clean up the whiteboard or something. I'd go up there and volunteer, you know, and that's, that was how I would do it. And then at the end of the day, when he needed to update the computers after class, I would stick out around after class and help him update all the computers and everything or install any new software or computer. You know, I didn't, I didn't know how to use a computer back then. So I had to, you know, do this so I can learn how to use a computer. And so that, that's how I came up. And then one thing led to another. And then when they need to expand their team at the school and they need to hire more trading coaches, right. Um, I was the first one that they thought about since I was already volunteering for free there anyway, for several years. That's beautiful.
0: And that's where you started to learn the ins and outs of yeah. trading. We're going to yeah. get into, we're going to get into like, we're about to transition into the whole crypto world and your discovery into mm-hmm. that, but I want to just take a moment and just both for you and my listeners just recognize what, you know, the story you just told and why I want you to go into that success leaves clues. And, you know, the you are, you could have taken one route in life. You could have played the victim. You had, you had a really hard life. You were not given anything. You had to work for things. You got set back. Like you said, you were trying to play catch up. You got set back like 14 years um, from everybody else. And you had every reason, in the world to hate the world to hate people to hate the system, to um, just get out there and say screw it I'm gonna go you know do whatever, but you took your future into your own hands and you decided mm-hmm. look I've gotta I've gotta catch up I've gotta learn things you read some books you read Tony Robbins and Rich Dad, and you actually took the steps necessary. Um, you took personal responsibility. Uh, I don't remember, I was watching your interview with, uh, I forget the guy the other day. Uh, he's um, a Bitcoin meister. Bitcoin, Bitcoin meister, right? And at, at one of them, I, I don't remember if you said this or he said it, but I loved it. It was like personal responsibility is the new, um, oh yeah, shoot.
1: is the new counterculture.
0: Is the new counterculture. I loved yeah. that. Personal yeah. responsibility is the new counterculture because so few people do it. I've actually I've lived a really charmed life uh, especially in comparison and I've never had to go through the fires that you've had to so uh, I but I really respect people who have because it's so easy to take the other way out and you didn't you said I've got to do this I got to figure it out I got to learn I got to pre- you know I got to learn it I got to do it and I got to te- and then you ended up teaching it both in trading and crypto and everything you do in martial arts And uh, I just want to really acknowledge that. That's one of the things I respect so much about who you are. And even though I didn't know your entire story way back then, you know, when we sat down, that's probably like, I think I probably sensed it in you. And that's one of the reasons I agreed to do it Um, because there's nothing that like I like more than sitting down with somebody giving advice and they either go take it or they don't even take the advice, but they take the spirit of the advice and they run with it, which you did. Um, so I just want, as I said, I want to acknowledge that to you, to my listeners to go like, shit, if I don't have something I want in life, am I sitting around waiting to go get it? Or am I doing like what Ty did and just, go, I got to go figure this out. I'm going to go learn it, yeah. do it. Yeah,
1: just uh, speaking of acknowledge, that's Bitcoin Meister's quote. He's the one who came up with that in the, in the crypto uh, world, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, personal responsibility is, is the new uh, uh, counterculture. counterculture. Yeah. You know, so we all say that in in crypto,
0: you know. Uh, That was the first time I'd heard it. Yeah. And when he said that with you, I was like, damn, that was such a good quote.
1: So uh, and
0: thank you for introducing me to him. It's been, uh, I've been following some of his stuff. So at what point now for all my listeners who've been waiting with bated breath to say, when are you guys going to talk about crypto? Um, When did you discover, what year did you just first discover like cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, et cetera? Was it right around 2011, 12, 13?
1: Yeah, it was 2000, October, 2012. I went to go work at an energy uh, brokerage firm in uh, Dallas. Um, and um, it was, uh, I went there um, because they, they uh, the job there, um, if, if you sell commercial electricity, you get a residual income. And at that time in 2012, I had already suffered two heart attacks. One in, after I got out of prison, And then another one earlier that year in 2012, so I said, let me go work someplace where in case something happens to me, you know, my, my, my wife and kids would still get a residual income from, from my work. Yeah. Went there because I had a background in trading so I can watch the uh, natural gas markets and see how it's doing and then call up, uh, the commercial customers, the hotels and schools and, you know, businesses and then, uh, uh, sell them electricity. Okay and help them procure by their electricity use okay and at that place the the the, the ceo and the coo um the, the two uh, co-founders of the company they were really straight you know uh uh legitimate uh entrepreneurs and when i say straight i'm not talking about sexual orientation <laughs> they are straight guys so i don't want them to hear this <laughs> you know but they're really a uh, uh, straight up businessmen you know uh, very uh, Meticulous in what they do and very detailed and very custom oriented, you know, and they have very high integrity in what they were doing in their business. So I learned a lot from them about how to be an entrepreneur and, and, and you know, things like that. But the one thing I didn't understand was that these guys are making, like, you know, I estimate like over half a million dollars a year in just residual income from selling electricity. And instead of focusing on expanding that business, they were worried about um, this stupid Bitcoin, you know. Yeah. And, and you're like, and, what's this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, there's some, some BS, you know, magic internet money, you know? And I'm like, and every day that's all they're doing. They're scrambling around trying to figure out how to get more Bitcoins. And I'm like, why don't they focus on getting more commercial business uh, customers to sell electricity to instead of focusing on this stupid magic internet money. And I can <laughs> them it was BS. It was a scam. And, and that they were going to get, and then one day the CEO he, uh, he told me, he goes, why don't you go read the Bitcoin white paper instead of talking out your butt and being a stupid idiot, right? Go talk about it first before you come tell me what it's about. And so in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, you know what? I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm gonna go read the damn Bitcoin white paper and I'll prove to you that it's, that this is BS. You know, I'm a trader. So you, you can't tell me about trading. You know, you know how to sell electricity. You don't know jack about trading, you know? So let, let me go figure it out and I'll bring back the evidence, you know? And so when I went to read it, I was reading the summary of the Bitcoin white paper, which I highly recommend everyone, every one of your viewers, before you get into crypto, read the Bitcoin white paper to see what the original author, the computer scientist, put in there, why he invented Bitcoin. Just, if nothing else, just read the the summary. You don't have to read all the math and all the computer stuff. Just read the summary of what he was trying to do. So I read that and I said, hey, you know what? If somebody invents this system, it'd be extremely valuable. If somebody could do this, it would be very valuable. And he says, here's the proof that it can be done. So he lists all the mathematical equations and everything. And, you know, unfortunately I'm not one of those Asians that's good in math and science, like all the other Asians, you know, I mean, (laughs) people always think all the Asians are good at math and science, but there's a small percentage minority. That's not, they suck at it. Instead of being good at it, they suck, you know? And so I I fit that, you know, I'm one of those. So everybody thinks that I'm good in math and science and they don't realize that not every Asian is good in math and science. And then, you know, um, and so I sent it to my my buddy, Leon, who at that time, he was a, a high-level engineer, a software engineer, and he is one of those real Asians that's good in, you know, computer <laughs> science, math, you know, science and all that stuff. So I sent it to him and, and told him, hey, go look at this white paper and list down all the reasons why this is a uh, scam so I can tell my boss at work, because I, I believe they're getting scammed, man, because of yeah. this big stuff. And so couple days later, I call him up and I say, hey, man, Leon, did you write down those bullet points of why Bitcoin is a scam? And he goes, no, man, it's not a scam, man. I went out and bought a bunch of it already. <laughs> really were you the about- one, and were you the one who introduced him to it originally? Yeah, I was the one who introduced him to it. And, and, and he bought it at that time for like, I think, uh, 60 bucks. Wow. When, when Bitcoins were like $60. And he bought, you know, and when I say a bunch of them, I'm not talking about hundreds of them. I'm talking about like one or two of them. Oh, yeah. Because at the time, there's no place to buy it. Yeah. Not until late 2012. There's no, like, you know, there was a Mount Gox and stuff in Japan, but you know, like, who the hell is Mount Gox in Japan? Why would you send them money? And you know, so he had to buy it from a place called BitInstant uh, in New York from a guy named Charlie Schwem. So that's why who we bought all our first Bitcoins from. And then he told me to buy something. I was like, dude, I told you to look for why this is a scam and you're telling me to go buy it. But see, <laughs> This is this is where it's good to have friends that are experts experts in their arena that yeah. you can trust. So I trust Leon. I've known him for many times. Well, I mean, for many years. And so when he told me, I tried to go buy it, you know, and here's how you had to go buy it in the U.S. at that time. You had to go to a Walmart or you had to go to a some type of MoneyGram money or Western Union. And then you had to wire the money to the, another place. And then you sit and wait and hope that they send you the Bitcoins. So you... You had to run around and you're going to do like $200 or uh, I forget what it, what, what it was, like a dollars $200 at a time. That's all you could buy.
0: So it was insanely hard to get money. It was insane. It.
1: And finally I said, man, screw this. I'm not going to buy it. You know, I was like, oh, man, I can't be running around town just to buy a 60, $70 Bitcoin, you know? And so um, what happened was a few months later, he said, hey man, there's an exchange called Coinbase, right? And and, and he goes, You can buy it there. I, and I try to go on there and try to get it. I like, oh, mean, this is so confusing, man. And why don't you buy it for me? So he helped me buy my first Bitcoins. So I introduced him to Bitcoin and then he helped me buy my first Bitcoins. So to this day, we're always like, You know, who, what came first, chicken or the egg? Yeah. He's, <laughs> like, he's like, Hey, thanks to me, you became a, a multimillionaire. And I was like, No, thanks to me, you became a multimillionaire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if I didn't tell you about the Bitcoin white paper, you wouldn't have known, you know. So it's, it's a friendly. It. Uh, 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 back and forth here, you know?
0: Right. Well, and as I mentioned in the, as I mentioned in the, um, in the uh, introduction, and then it was May, 2013, I went back through my forum, um, my mastermind forum, uh, you know, logs, and that was the first time I saw you mention it. You're like, check it out. And I remember thinking, so, you know, my background is I was a financial advisor. I had a degree in investments and economics and um, in finance. And I, I even did a little bit of postgraduate study at Wharton, and I understood money to a a degree. And I remember thinking, "Nah, this is, this is, sounds good in theory. It'll be ten years before anything ever really comes of that," which is kind of interesting. This is almost ten years later. Yeah, it is. Yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah. But
0: um, but you stuck with it, and you stuck with it when there was a whole lot of like. you know, a whole lot of uncertainty in the market, et cetera. You started making videos about it. You started studying it, applying your trader philosophy to it. And then, um, at what point did you really start to understand the, uh, what do I want to say? The, um, the real potential here. When did you start it was, going it wasn't from like, messing around with it to going, I'm taking this serious.
1: No, no, no. I took it seriously as soon as uh, my buddy Leon told me that this is legit. Okay, cool. Because see, now now, now you got to understand why I, I, I went all in on it, right? Because I was trading stocks at that time. And let's say I made $100 profit in stocks, right? It took about two weeks if I could use that money. Yeah. And I was always, and at that time, uh, I, I could only open up, uh, it's, it's, it's a long story, but I was able to borrow $10,000, right? And you needed $25,000 in the U.S. in order to day trade. Uh, it may, The law in the U.S. is that if you want to make as many trades as you want each week, you have to have twenty above $25,000 in your account, a minimum of 25000 in your stock trading account. And yeah. I didn't have money. I had to go borrow money from, from people, and I can only borrow 10000 At that time, 10000 the broker this is one broker that existed at that time allowed me to do this so that I can get around that, that, that 25,000 rule. He said, as long as you trade cash and don't borrow money from the broker, you can make as many trades as you want. As long as it's cash. Yeah. It's, he said it only applies to that $25,000 pattern day trading rule. It applies to if you use margin, but if yep. you use cash, that's your money. You can do as many trades as you want. And at that time, I was only trading 10 shares. I was only trading 10 shares, so that allowed me to make as many trades as I needed each week. So I, you know, I was trying to practice. I wasn't trying to you know, uh, become a millionaire or go to the moon at that time. I was just trying to learn how to trade, right? So that's, and then some weeks I would make a mistake and make, you know, when I increased my from 10 shares to 20 to 50 to 100 shares, right around 100 shares somewhere, sometimes I would miscalculate and forget and I would go over the 10,000 limit. So I used yeah. up all that week. So I would have to wait a whole week to, to, to use that money again. And I, mean, I used to be frustrated because it always, you know, as a trader, it always, seems like when you cannot trade, that's when the big moves happen. Yeah. You know, and you're yeah. always like, oh, man, if I had the money, I would have bought that and I would have made this gazillion dollars, you know, but the reality is, you know, so I learned what it was like to wait for my money to clear and settle so that I can use it. And then there are times when I took profits, right. I would have to wait like two weeks for the broker to clear the transaction. Like if I buy a hundred shares from you and then uh, I sold it to somebody else, I made the money. I'd have to wait for the broker to clear it, send the money to my bank account, wait for the bank to clear it. And then I can use that money And that whole process back then, in, in, in 2008, 2009, 2010, that took about two weeks. Wow. So I experienced and I kept saying to myself, man, Imagine all the guys that have millions and billions of dollars and their money gets locked up for even a day. How much is that worth? So I, when I saw Bitcoin and Leon sent me a, a fraction of a Bitcoin to show me how it works, he would show me online, like he would send it back and forth and we would send it back and forth to each other, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the, I remember the first time he sent it to me, I go, okay, so when does this clear and settle so that I can use it and send it to someone else or send it back to you? He goes, just wait a couple of minutes. A couple minutes, not
0: days. And I said, a
1: couple minutes. I said, how is that possible? Like the banks in the stock market takes two weeks, and the minimum is is three days. That's why they call it T plus three. So three means the trade or the transaction plus three more days before it clears. Right. No, man. This is this is the why this technology is so revolutionary because it only takes minutes to clear. And and I said, okay. And then before we even finished talking on the phone, the transaction clears. So I'm able to send the Bitcoins back to him. He sends it back to me. I send it back to him back and forth. And it was like this, it was instant. It cleared. So it was the first time that I saw a technology where the transaction is the settlement.
0: Well, now how is that different that, even back then than like PayPal? Because, and I may it's be-
1: clear, to clear. Uh, Whenever you and I send money through any traditional system, it looks it, like if I send you money through the bank, through Chase Bank, through uh, 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 Bank of yeah. America, any kind of HSBC bank, it shows up in your account immediately when I wire it to you or send it to you. But in the background, in the back end, in the back office, they're still trying to clear it. And it takes three days.
0: Is that even true with like PayPal? Like for instance, if I sent you, if I sent you like $5,000 worth of PayPal right now, uh, you wouldn't be able to just go withdraw that and pay for stuff right now, right? would you?
1: No, what happens? No, no. But that's why whenever, if you notice, like whenever uh, people get their accounts frozen at PayPal all the time, you're in the you know, you, you, yeah. you coach. So, uh, uh, and yeah, yeah. A lot of internet marketers, you, you hear them getting their accounts frozen all the time. That's because of that, because PayPal doesn't want to be responsible if they, somebody asks for a refund or there's a fraud or something. And, and once they clear and settle it, then that means that they can't take it back anymore. Right. And then some banks, depending upon the amount of volume that you do, the banks will let you just go ahead and use it because they know the likelihood of you doing fraud is very low with it. So yeah. if I say, dollars right now let's just say i send you a hundred dollars right now and you withdraw it right away they'll go ahead they're using their what they're doing is they're loaning you the money to use it but it still has to clear in the back office it mm. still has to clear there's no way it can clear that fast yeah okay that's the reason why the stock market cannot operate 24 hours a day like the crypto market can because they have to stop it and clear the transactions every day after the trades are done they have to take time to clear and settle the transactions And so when I saw Bitcoin clearing and settling the transactions within a few minutes, I was like, dude, this is going to revolutionize wall street. There's no way that wall street is that stupid where they won't use this new clearing and settlement technology. Now a lot of people get into Bitcoin because of it being a new currency. I never believed that from the very beginning. And I still don't believe it till today. Okay. I never believe that they're going to take over the U S dollar or the Euro for simple reasons. Okay. The U S has the biggest money printer in the world. They have the most aircraft carriers in the world. They have the most fighter bomber, fighter jets, bombers, you know, stealth bombers, submarines in the world, right? And uh, China might outpace them by now, but you know, last time I checked, they still have more aircraft carriers for sure than anybody else. They're not building all this stuff and having all these big military bases around the world and let you come along with some cryptocurrency called Bitcoin and take over their money printer and take away their power. Now, you know, we going to do that. You and I wouldn't do that if we own that money press like that and nobody would.
0: Right. So, and that's, I, I'm putting a pin in this cause I want to, I want to talk about this, but I want to, let's zoom out on a big macro level. Um, the reasons that Bitcoin is so like some of the big functional capabilities, obviously um, almost instantaneous. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause I, I want, I want to get last cause this is a big thing is um, its relationship to fiat, et cetera, and why some of the people who are so, you know, gung ho that it's going to replace, why that is probably misguided. Uh, yeah, but the, that's the, such the, an the, important topic, the, I want to circle back to it.
1: Yeah, those are the anarchists and the libertarians. They're the yeah. first, you, you got the cypherpunks that came into crypto first, okay? And then next came the, the, uh, the anarchists and then next came the libertarians and then came the traders.
0: Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people talk. You know, if you don't know much about the way the money supply works, you know, we you know we have what's called a fiat currency, and I'm I'm not talking to you, obviously. I'm talking to my listeners, where it's it's backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. It's not backed by gold, et cetera. And a lot of people think that that means it's not backed by anything. But mm-hmm. uh, you and I have talked privately. It, it is backed by something. It's backed by lead and missiles and bullets and yeah. tanks. Right. We have the ability, and we and we often have. Cr- gone to war or created, um, you know, uh, you know, whatever we've invaded countries who, who have tried to usurp the power of the petrodollar of the, you know, the, the, the U S having the world reserve currency and the idea that, oh, well, Bitcoin's just going to take over and everybody is going to willingly, including the U S government say, okay, well, yeah, let's just use Bitcoin instead of greenbacks. That's not, gonna, that's not likely to happen, like we said, in, in our, our, lifetime. our lifetime. But what about the idea that, because we're starting to see this more and more, there's one thing about just using the dollar in the U.S., but because we're the world's reserve currency and the tie to the petrodollar makes every other company need it, but we're starting to see a lot of countries from China and Russia really specifically Trying to depend less on the dollar, whether it's doing their own, uh, you know, alliances or their own, you know, digital currencies or something of this nature, to where they can become less reliant on us. That's actually a really big thing because if if we didn't have the if we didn't have the I guess the artificial demand for U.S. dollars, we wouldn't be able to print money the way we are, and that really threatens the American Empire. Right? And uh, Bitcoin, could in those cases, it could, potentially, like if a lot of other companies, uh, countries decided, and it, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but if a lot of these other countries decide, yeah, you know what? Maybe this does make more sense. If we all start switching to this, it will hurt the US. I don't know if that'll ever happen or if every country I, wants to keep its own.
1: I, I don't see that happening, man. I, I don't see that hap- Now, Now, you guys, you got to understand, like, Okay, there's two parts of me that you have to, your audience needs to be aware of. There's a yeah. philosopher part of me, and then there's, the the trader.
0: Oh, there's yeah. a
1: philosopher part yeah. of me when it comes to crypto and Bitcoin and what it can do and everything. And then there's the trader part of me, okay? So the trader part of me says different things than the, uh, uh, the philosopher part of me. The, uh, the philosophy, you know, if I put on my philosophy hat, yes, I want crypto to succeed. I want it to be a worldwide currency. Yes, it levels the playing field for everyone in the world. It gives, access, you know, gives everyone access to the financial markets and banking and things like that. Yes, from a philosophy perspective. But from a trader's perspective, right? Now, if, if I'm the US government and I have control of the money printer, of the biggest money printer in human history, I ain't letting nobody take control of that. And people say, yo, you can't stop uh, 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 the government can't stop it. Yeah, they can because there's something that the government can do that Bitcoin cannot do: is create laws, okay, and enforce those laws. Right. where the the the, uh, the 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 Bitcoin, there's nobody. You know, it's based on 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 math and science. It's not based on you know country laws. You know, so if, if if the U.S. or any country just comes out and says, "Hey, man, you know all these exchanges, right? You you need this 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 and this before someone can." buy Bitcoin or something and just, just make it difficult. Just make it difficult.
0: Well, and Russia, China and Russia have already done this recently. Yeah. They've created bans in doing commerce with it. Um, and I know this is one of the big things that a lot of people, myself included, like, well, what if the U.S. government, for instance, could we live, I live in the U.S. So that's the one I'm most concerned about. What if they decided to say, okay, um, we're going to, we're going to prohibit transactions and doing commerce in bitcoin we're going to prohibit on ramping or even off ramping uh, which means in the crypto world that means like you know buying crypto or selling crypto for us dollars i mean they could do that they could very easily do that especially if stuff gets to be so uh problematic One, one of the articles i read that i really liked though about you know the the real risk of that happening they said you know the crypto market by market cap is still so small compared to the rest of the uh, assets and money supply from, you know, from gold to, you know, et cetera, that by the time it gets on their radar, it's on their radar, but by the time it became even close to being a threat, it would be Mm -hmm. something like 10, 20, 50 times higher in value than it is that right now. Right. So that the, where we are right now is still so early in the yeah, entire- so
1: let, let's, let's, let's just throw some numbers out there so that your audience has an idea of what we're, you and I are talking about. So the the entire crypto market, the all the, there's over 6,000 cryptocurrencies on the market right now, right? And the granddaddy or the biggest one, obviously, is Bitcoin because it was the first one. But if you combine all their market cap together, you know, take the, the quantity of coins that's available on the market for each cryptocurrency and multiply it by the price of that coin, you come out with the market cap. And if you add all the market cap of all, you know, 6,000 plus coins together, it's only like somewhere around 350 billion. Somewhere around there. All combined. Yeah, yeah, all combined. Now, if you just look in the news, right, and look at Apple's uh, uh, market cap, Apple just crossed a $2 trillion market cap. Two trillion. So the entire market cap of, of crypto it's not even. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not one of those Asians that's good at math, like I said. But take whatever three billion is divided by one uh, two trillion. I think it's not even 20 percent. It's not even 20 or or it's not even 25 percent of Apple's market cap. Just one S and P 500 company. Wow. Now to put things in perspective, gold has a 10 trillion market cap. All the gold in the world. And if you think about it, you cannot. Transfer large sums of gold to the other side of the earth to someone easily. Like, you know, you can't transfer a million dollars of the gold to someone else. Like I'm in Bangkok right now. You're in San Diego, America, right? I cannot send you a million dollars worth of gold, right? I, I cannot take that piece, an ounce of gold and chop it up into hundred million pieces and use it for micropayments. Right. There's no way for me to authenticate if the gold is real or not. There's no way. You know, I would have to be a scientist or some type of gold expert or jeweler, a, jeweler, a jewelry expert to go and test to see that gold is real, right? And then, so, and then, so there's no way to authenticate if it's real or it's fake, right? I mean, look at the Chinese reserves, Bang. They, they, like, they just got busted with like 70 tons or something like that worth of fake gold. Yeah, it was, it was that, like tungsten or something like that. Yeah, Kobe tungsten gold, inside. Right? Yeah, it was gold-plated tungsten. Look at that, and these guys are the world experts. They're supposed to be in charge of holding reserves, 70 tons of gold, and even they didn't even know that it was fake gold. So how's a guy like me and you gonna know if something's fake gold or not? Whereas all cryptocurrencies, it's very easy to know if it's real or not. You just go onto uh, uh, the internet and you check their network and they have uh, on their network, it's called a block explorer. You can easily check it and verify if that's real or not. Or even better, you can download the software to your computer and it will verify if it's real or not, right uh, right there. So so everyone has access to it, to, 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 to the network, you know. And I think that what's important here besides the clearing and settlement, right, technology, you can use it for a lot of things. You can use that clearing and settlement technology for a lot of things, but Satoshi Nakamoto chose to use it to create a currency an internet currency for the internet because they, people have been trying to do that for years. And, and he was the first one to come along and, and do it because the, the problem is, is this, is that on the internet you can copy and paste anything. So that's the first thing that people always say, well, if Bitcoin is a digital currency, can't I just copy and paste it? No, you can't. If you look at how the math is done, right? And the way that it's done, you, you, you cannot do that. Mathematically, you cannot do it. Now, right. You, there's people out there saying, well, so, Ty, somebody's going to be able to figure out how to copy and paste a Bitcoin sooner or later. No, they're not. If they did, they would have sold billions of dollars already. Yeah. copy Yeah. And the people in the Bitcoin community, they challenge the people. Go ahead. Go ahead and try and copy and paste it and see what happens. So now, so the, there's, a,
0: there's so many things. I, I mentioned this to you offline. Where one of the things I like is how if, every time that Bitcoin doesn't die, it gets stronger, right? Every time somebody doesn't take it down every time a a, a government ban or hurdle or obstacle or even a market bubble and then a crash doesn't just destroy it. It makes it strong because it makes people go, huh, maybe there is something to this. Like it takes a lick it and keeps on ticking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I say this, you know, our team is one of the first ones to say this online that, that, um, it's not just bitcoin i'm just gonna say the entire cryptocurrency market right yeah. has built in immunity and each trader and each investor and each institution each company each business that's each developer each engineer that uses cryptocurrency or is working in it whether you you promote it you talk about it you educate people about it you trade it you invest into it or you're writing the software for it or you're auditing the software it doesn't matter what you do if you're involved in cryptocurrency you become like one of those in immune cells in your body, yeah, inside the immune system, okay? And the entire crypto market has a, a, an active and live and natural, that's the key, natural immunity to, let's just call it BS, and to attacks and to viruses. What kind of viruses? Like to the governments that try to ban it, to hackers that try to hack it, to thieves and scammers, all these things that are trying to attack the network and the system to steal the cryptocurrencies, it learns from it.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll give you an example, I'll give you an example, right? So like, let's just say the stock market, for example, it crashed in 1987, it crashed in 2000, it crashed in 2008, and then uh, the next one's coming, sooner or later there's gonna, there's gonna be another crash, right? The difference between those crashes in the markets, uh, in, the, in the traditional markets, is that you have the government coming in and artificially fixing it. Mm. In the free market adjust and fix fix it for themselves like you and i know a lot of those banks that should have went out of business they should have, we should have let them go out of business hey if you can't run a, a damn business correctly right and make a profit then go out of business and let somebody else your place the governments and the taxpayers should not come in and save those companies that don't know oh, how to uh, 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 to run a business profitably yeah. same thing with the car manufacturers so we got a situation where government and, and is artificially keeping them alive. Whereas in the cryptocurrency market, it doesn't work like that. It's natural. And it's the first time in human history where we have a free market determine what should succeed and go to the top and what shouldn't. So there's six, there's over 6,000 cryptocurrencies on the market right now. Last time I checked, it was like 6,788 6, or something like that, according, according to coinmarketcap.com. Okay? So now... And
0: those are just for reference that there's Bitcoin. And then is every single other one of those called an altcoin just for. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so uh, in, in, in the early days, there was only Bitcoin and everyone, we only needed Bitcoin. Then there's a lot of people came along and said, Hey, Bitcoin cannot do this. Bitcoin cannot do that. So they invented a new cryptocurrency using the same code or the same Bitcoin technology or something similar to it. Right? Yeah, blockchain technology, yeah. Yeah, so what happens is, like, you know, when we were all riding horses and, and camels and, and, and bulls and goats and, and ponies and stuff, somebody came along and invented a diesel engine. Yeah. And now we have a mechanical form of transportation. So if you invent a diesel engine and you invent a four-wheel car, don't be surprised if somebody comes along and invents a two-wheel, you know, a, a system, a car, or a three-wheel or a four-wheel or a six-wheel car. So don't <laughs> yeah as soon as you know humans are smart they see one guy doing it somebody else is going to figure out how to do something similar to it so don't think that you're going to be the only one okay perfect oh that that's that's uh but 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 what your audience needs to know is this okay because if i talk about the technology too much it's going to get them dizzy and they're going to lose track of i think that what's important for your audience to know is what is the value in cryptocurrencies and 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 the value of of the uh, 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 blockchain technology. I think that if they understand that, I think they can make better decisions on on whether or not they wanna jump into or stay out of that market, okay? So Bitcoin and all the cryptocurrencies are nothing but databases. Whenever you hear that, okay, so Bitcoin is one cryptocurrency. It's the first and the biggest one at the moment. And then Ethereum is the second biggest one. And then you got uh, 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 Bitcoin Cash, uh, Bitcoin SD, you got you got Tezos, you got Cardano, you got Chainlink, you got you got. There's there's over six thousand of them. Okay, no matter what the name is, it's nothing but a database. All of them are nothing but database. Here, can you get your brother? Yeah. Well, hey hey hey, d- d- don't touch my computer, please. All right. Hey hey guys, I, I'm, I'm, hey guys, can you guys take my, oh. What? Uh, okay, guys, can, can you guys take him in there? Take him in there and close the door, please. So each coin is a database, and everyone knows what a database is. It's a place to store data. So what is so special about a cryptocurrency database? Well, the difference between a cryptocurrency database and the regular databases that everyone uses is that a cryptocurrency database, once you write the data into it, it cannot be changed. Right. You can update it. But you can't change what's already written in there. So let's say if I write into the cryptocurrency database that that I sent you a hundred dollars, that that data that I sent you a hundred dollars, well, no one can go in there and change it. So it's it's what's in, in the cryptocurrency world is called immutable. That means that no one can change it. You can update it, and you can say, hey, you know, you can send a send a second piece of data in there and then say, hey, I want to make a correction to the first one. Uh, I actually only sent uh, eighty. I was supposed to send 80 to, to Brad and then he sent me back 20. Yeah. You can do that, but you can't delete the first one where it says that I sent you hundred dollars. Right. Okay. Now where, where is this useful? Where is this useful? In that was my, what I was
0: going to, that was my next question.
1: Okay. So in, in Vietnam, I'll use my, my village as an example. When my uncle and my family left Vietnam, we had land that we owned there. And what happened was the communists came and took it over. And then 20 years later, they decided, Hey, communism doesn't work. Right? The communist party said, hey, man, we can't do this communist stuff because it's destroying our country and our nation because nobody wants to work or do anything. We need to create incentives. So they went to a more a capitalistic system and then give everybody ownership of land. And they said, hey, look, we're going to give the businesses and the land back to everyone. And then we're just going to collect taxes. That's a, that's a lot easier. That, that incentivizes people to grow the country and develop it. So that's, even though it's called communism in Vietnam, it's really a capitalistic society. It's even more capitalistic than even America. Mm-hmm. Can even Okay? Yeah. They couldn't figure out, so the land that belonged to my family, somebody else came in and claimed it, because we were in America at the time. So they came in and claimed it, and they took it. Now we come back. I come back to Vietnam. I can't claim that land, because the government's like, okay, show me proof that you own that land. Yeah. Show me proof that your grandmother owned that land. Well, we can't, but if we wrote the title and the land deeds, and and the the documents that show that my my grandparents own that land, if we put it into the blockchain database or the cryptocurrency database, then no one can erase it. There's no one can, like, so you you can make up whatever you want, but anyone can go in there and look at the data because it's a public database. Anyone can go in there and say, hey, you know what? Ty's grandparents owned this land 50 years ago before the war. And when the communist party took over, they seized it, but this land still belongs to them. And it's never been changed since then. It's never been modified. So you can come in here, even when Thai is living in America, and you claim that this is your land, the database still shows that this was never an official legal transfer of land ownership. So that's one place. Here's another place, okay? Imagine all the people that were doctors, lawyers, and professionals in Vietnam that left Vietnam after the war, and they come to America, and then now America requires that, hey, you got to show us proof that you were a lawyer. You got to show us proof that you are a licensed doctor. Well, imagine if the schools, each university has their own cryptocurrency account. And when I finished graduating there as a doctor, right, that they they write it into the, that data into the blockchain. And now when I go to America, I can prove. You can prove it. Can go, Hey, that, that university in, in, in the Saigon University, medical university, they own that cryptocurrency account. And they list Thai as one of their licensed doctors there.
0: That's great. Yeah, and, there's, okay. uh, and that's, that's one of those, that's not even necessarily, that's not even a, a Bitcoin use, right? That's the blockchain technology use and the that's the where Bitcoin there's Bitcoin like 6,000 coins and 6,000 yeah. app, applications that allow things like this to happen.
1: Yeah, so, so you gotta keep in mind that these databases can be used for a lot of things, but why is it being used as a currency first? Well, that's the obvious one because it was created by a, a bunch of cypherpunks, anarchists and libertarians that don't want the government controlling our currency system. So you invent this new technology, right? And what do you use with it? Well, when when Charles Diesel, I I think that was the guy's name that invented the first diesel mechanical combustion engine that converted energy into mechanical energy. He decided to use it for transportation purposes to build a vehicle to transport people from point A to point B. But that same engine could have been used to pump water.
0: Yeah, exactly. That
1: same engine could have been used to power a train or a locomotive. That same engine could be used to build an elevator to take people from the mining shafts, you know, half a mile down in the, uh, uh, a mine and take, bring coal back up or gold or silver or whatever back up to the top. He just chose to, to use it to build a vehicle. The same thing here with Bitcoin. So there's many uses for this Bitcoin database or this cryptocurrency database. It's just that the guy that invented it said that, hey, Yes, this can be used for a lot of purposes for land uh, uh, ownership documents for, uh, you know, uh, college uh, degrees, uh, recording college degrees, birth certificates, and all these documents that are important death certificates. But I just want to give an example of a use case for this new technology. And in this particular instance, I'm going to use it to build a new currency system that Mm -hmm. cannot be controlled by the government. That doesn't mean that the database can't be used for other things. It's just that right now, and because it's being used for a, a currency, it's a lot more controversial than saying, "Hey, man, I just invented this new database that cannot be changed or modified." Right? It can be updated, but it cannot—you cannot go in there and rewrite history. Right? It's not going to be as sexy and as appealing as an exotic as if you say that it's going to be a new currency that the governments can't control. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so I, so I, I do. I see what that sounds, right? You, you, if he came out and said, hey, man, this is the newest technology to clear and settle financial transactions and stock transactions on the stock market or on Wall Street, it's not as sexy. It's not. And then also, that's not the problem he was trying to solve in the first place.
0: Yeah, it just that's happened to solve he it.
1: To solve. He was trying to solve a currency problem, and he, he, he was able to solve it by inventing a database that cannot be changed by anyone.
0: Yeah. Okay, And there just happens to be now a ton of other potential uses of blockchain. That actually brings me to one of the other points that, so if you're not, if you're not having been studying crypto, if uh, at all or whatnot, you might not be familiar with this massive trend going on right now that in the industry, they call it DeFi, which is just a acronym, or short for uh, decentralized finance. Um, In the past couple months, we've started to see, really big run-ups and really big like resurgence of um, some of these other coins, alt coins pop or pump as they, you know, we call it here. Um, explain DeFi for those who are unfamiliar uh and its role and what, and maybe kind of your take on it, because we're starting to see some really stupidly incredible gains, but then they, you know, they pump and they dump and they come back down and there's, There's projects that look really sound and really cool, but then there's scams and then there's things that, you know, like Yam and all this other stuff that are just a a train wreck. But what do we need to know about DeFi to pay attention to? Okay, so
1: one thing that people need to know about DeFi in in cryptocurrencies, okay, is before I explain what that is, let me explain how it normally works in the traditional market so that people have an idea of comparison, okay? So let's just say that when Facebook stocks come out, Do you and I have access to buy? No. No. That's what, you know, they have this good old boys club in Silicon Valley on Wall Street where when Mark Zuckerberg needed to raise half a million dollars, how come he got from Peter Thiel and not from me or you or from your buddy?
0: Yeah, the, inside, the founders and the insiders and the VCs and the angels get all the uh, early upfront money. Then by the time they even hit the IPO market and then they go to the broad market, it's still, for the most part, it's only the big institutional connected investors get it. By the time the average investor gets it, it's already inflated. It's up a thousand times already. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and to give you an idea, like Peter Thiel, who sold PayPal along with uh, Elon Musk, he got like $150 million also from the sale of PayPal or something like that. yeah. And he put 500,000 into Facebook and later on became like over $2 billion, okay? So in the traditional financial markets, you and I don't have access to that. Even if we are millionaires, we still don't have access to it because we gotta know the right people to even put our money into it. Yep. Okay. So for example, like The Rock just bought uh, the XFL, which is a, a sports league in America. Mm-hmm. You and I want to join in with him because we think he's a huge, you know, talent, and then he's going to turn this uh, sports organization around and become very profitable. And we believe that the NFL uh, is also another uh, popular sports organization in America that's worth, you know, billions of dollars. And we believe that hey, the Rock just bought this for uh, 15 or 25 million. I forget what the number was, but it's a very small amount. And you and I want to pitch in with him. We can't, even if we have the money for it. We can't because. We're not the right people. He doesn't know us, so we can't go in there. So by the time he gets up you know, a billion or something, then they might go public or whatever, and then we get into it, but that, that, by, by that time, it's already went up 50X or 100X, 100 times, right? So the public is not used to investing into something that goes up 10X, 20X. And in, in, in cryptocurrencies, they don't measure your gain in percentage. Like we used to measuring gains like 2% profit, 5% profit, 10% profit. In the cryptocurrency market, the gains are astronomical, so they measure in multiples. So 100% would be 1x, which means one times. X means times. So a 1,000% profit would be 10x or 10 times. So it's measured in multiples. So when you hear people measure the gains or the profits in multiples, it seems like, oh, this is crazy. But it's not because it happens in the stock market all the time, except you and I don't have access to that. And and, and so I shared with one with your audience a concept called immutable, which means you cannot change something once it's written. You can't rewrite history. Okay. The second concept that gives cryptocurrencies value and, uh, and, and and the DeFi value is what's called permissionless. So that's another characteristic or another huge value proposition to cryptocurrencies is that it's permissionless, meaning that you and I don't have to ask Mark Zuckerberg for permission to invest into Facebook, imagine that a world where we saw this guy named Mark Zuckerberg, he's, he's growing his company faster than he, he can handle. He's hiring a hundred new employees every month. And we said, you know what, I like this guy. I, I think he's got talent, I think he's got a future. I think he's gotta be a big company someday. I'm just gonna go ahead and give him my it, and he has to take it. He has to take it. He don't have a choice to, 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 to deny us and say, hey, you know, Ty, you're Asian, I don't like you. You know, uh, hey, um, Brad, you're, you're, you're from San Diego right and you know what you were originally from texas and it's a republican state i don't like your political uh uh state you know so i'm not gonna let you have access to my company to buy in early in my company right so in crypto and DeFi, it's the first time in human history where a project can exist and if you like it you can invest into it regardless if they want you or not regardless if you're black white hispanic african asian you know, it, it, you can be part of the KKK or you can be part of the, uh, the, uh, the Black Panthers. They don't care. And you don't, exactly,
0: accre- and you don't have to be accredited.
1: You don't have to, yeah, yeah. So everything that like you, you already know, uh, you and I, if you want to invest into Mark Zuckerberg stocks, right? Uh, when he, in the early stages, before they became public, you and I have to show that we are an accredited investor. And what's an accredited investor, just for those people that don't know it, you have to, sh- you have, to have a million net worth that does not include your house your primary house or your primary residence, or you have to make 200,000 US dollars a year and do that for two years in a row and have evidence that you're gonna do the same thing the third year before the government lets you have permission to give your money to Mark Zuckerberg to grow his Facebook company, okay? Cryptocurrencies and DeFi is the first time in human history where you don't need any of that nonsense. You don't need anyone's permission. And even if they say you can't, it still can't stop you. Yeah. As long as you, because it's all done with math and technology. So if, if this database, if this cryptocurrency database, for example, let's take Chainlink, for example, because, you know, full disclosure, I own, I, I own some I some Chainlink. Chainlink. You own some Chainlink. So just, and they didn't pay us to say this, okay? So I just want to be clear on that. Um, let's say that we like it and we invest uh, into that project. No one can stop us. Even the Chainlink founders, let's say they don't like us, right? They, they can't stop us. So it's permissionless. So it's the first time in human history where we don't have to submit any legal documents to prove the KYC, which means know your customer or anti-money AML, which means anti-money laundering. We don't have to submit any KYC, any know your customer or any anti-money laundering documents to the project owners or the project founders in order for us to invest in their coin. Right. That's the beauty of it. Just think about that, man. For the first time in human history, the public has free access, just like Wall Street does. Right, because we, as long as
0: they, yeah, because all they have to do is really, I don't know what it's called, is it called just tokenizing their, it's, the, well, it's, it's blockchain based, yes. so it runs so on of, tokens. Yeah, so instead of having
1: a stock, you own a token of their yeah. project, of, of their network, right? And, and, and the, the, the beauty about it is that you can trade it with anyone. If I buy their tokens and I trade it with you, I don't need to KYC you or AML you. I don't need to check to see. And we don't
0: have to go through a third party exchange. We can just trade. No, exactly.
1: That's another thing. You don't need a middleman. Yeah. Like like in America, if I want to buy or sell stocks, I need to go through TV Ameritrade, which is one of the biggest brokers in America, or go through a Charles Schwab, which is another big broker over there. Like if I want, if I want to buy a hundred shares of Apple from you, I got to go through them. So we each got to give him the middleman a cut, which is the broker here in crypto. There is no middleman. If I wanna to sell to you, I just sell directly to you. Right.
0: Now, now, one of the things though that, you know, there's always two edges to the sword. So okay. the, the risky part is obviously that because there's not as much or any scrutiny from the SEC and regulatory guidelines, it is also uh, highly susceptible and common for pump, dump, manipulation, inside okay. trading, all that, it's the wild west with some of these, right? So you have to be really careful with what you do.
1: Yes, everything that you can imagine, you know, front running, dumping, pumping dumps, uh, 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 flash crashes, anything that you could possibly imagine can go wrong in the traditional markets. It's being done every day, every day in the cryptocurrency market, on all the exchanges, even the ones that claim that they're straight and everything, I see evidence of it. Okay. So how do you,
0: so how do you protect yourself against that? How do you get into projects that you really like and believe without, you know, just getting run over by hyper sophisticated investors who are, who have, you know,
1: okay. Freewheeling. So so, so this is what you do. This is my strongest, uh, you know, I'm not a licensed financial advisor in any country. So I'm just going to say, this is the strongest advice and recommendation that I would give to myself if I had to start out today, okay? In the traditional markets, we rely on the governments to do the law enforcement and the due diligence and checking to make sure that the the, the actors are acting right and and the companies and the projects are acting right and following the law. In the world of cryptocurrencies, it's your personal responsibility. Back like like a Bitcoin meister said on, on his show, you know, personal responsibility is the new counterculture, okay? You are personally responsible for it. So what are the things that you can do to protect yourself, right? When you step into the crypto market, the first thing you need to do is protect yourself, not worry about profits. You need to just protect yourself. And if you just survive, if you just survive, you are going to do okay, right? You don't have to be a rocket science. You just got to survive this boom. It's moving so violently, so fast and so aggressive that if you just the train is flying by like this. It's not like moving by, it's flying by. If you can somehow latch onto that train for dear life, you know those, we call it the Indian train approach. You ever see yeah. those things?
0: <laughs> yeah, Search so for
1: many. Indian train on Google and go to images and see all the Indian trains. They got right. like an Indian stuck to the train on the side of the train and they're holding on for dear life as the train goes by, right? And then when, it, when, when before it slows down, you got to hop off. That's right. how so right now, right now, later on, it'll be a lot more stable and a lot more, you know, calmed down and a lot more mature. But right now, we're still early. So you gotta take the Indian train approach. You don't waste time trying to build the train tracks. You don't try to waste time build the trains or figuring out what train is good. Hey, it's going all of them are going in the same direction. You just gotta grab one and hold on to it with your life and not, you know, get run over by the train or get crushed or miss nice. the train. Okay, and this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Number one, number one, if that coin does not have a hardware wallet support, which means that if you cannot put it into a hardware wallet, let me see, I have one around here somewhere. Oh, right here it is, right here, for example, for your audience to see. So this little device, right, from Ledger, right, they got several, I highly recommend you just get the Ledger Nano X. It's a device like this, see how it's got two buttons on here, there's two buttons on here. Um, let me click it so you guys hear it, right there. You got to click these two buttons at the same time with two fingers. Once you send the cryptocurrencies into here, right? The only way that a hacker can steal it from you is if they sit here and click these two buttons at the same time. And if you put this in your safe at your house, how is a hacker from China, Russia, Iran, Iraq, or from another country from Nigeria or Africa or something. Well, now, if they know you,
0: if they somehow get a hold of your seed phrase, they can, however, right? Yes,
1: yes, yes. So, so that's you, why
0: you keep that really secure.
1: In a safe. Like, the odds, here's the thing, guys. The odds of somebody coming, a hacker coming to your house, breaking into your safe, yeah. steal the, 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 the seed words that control this, right? And your, your hardware uh, wallet right here. This is called a hardware wallet, okay? The odds of them doing that are so slim. Yeah, exactly. They're so slim. I mean, there's there's a lot more valuable things they can get from you. If, if they're going to go get like a visa, come into the U.S., come to San Diego, look for you to see where you live, right? They, they, they'd be better off stealing, you know, one of your cards or something. It's a lot easier, yeah. okay? So, uh, so if it
0: does, if the coin, you you said, yeah, if the coin is not supported by the hardware wallet, because not all hardware wallets support all the coins.
1: Yeah, they, they support like 6000 some currencies. They probably support about a few thousand of them, a sure. thousand of them. So right off the bat, so there's uh, 6,000 plus currencies out there, you ain't going to get look at any of them except for the ones that fit on this. Now we're going to narrow it down some more. okay in the country that you live in, in the country that here's filter number two to, to, to save your audience's butts, okay if it's not listed on a major exchange, you don't mess with it. You don't mess with it. It doesn't matter how many people tell you that this has a potential to go a thousand X, go to the moon, go to Mars and go to Jupiter and beyond. It doesn't matter because if you lose the tokens, nothing matters. You, you, your ass is broke. What are
0: like, which, how many major exchanges would you consider? Okay, to be?
1: So we get this question a lot. Okay. And just so you, your audience knows, they don't have to memorize everything I'm telling them here Yeah. yeah. Okay, about the ledgers or, or, or all this stuff. On our website at www.cryptocurrency.market/faq. I'm gonna say it again: www.cryptocurrency.market/faq. I think FAQ number three is where we list every exchange, every hardware wallet, every service that we use that we have transacted over a million dollars in. We don't listen on there unless we've done over a million dollars in transactions with them to know that it's safe, before we recommend it to our viewers, okay? And none of them paid us to put that listing there. None of them paid us. And we don't get, it's not a referral link. We don't make money from referrals or affiliates or none of that nonsense. We make our money from trading crypto. So you can can verify that by putting the mouse over the link and you'll see that it's just the link name. There's no affiliate or ID number or any of that. If you go to any of the other websites, in crypto, right? A lot of the other cryptocurrency influencers and traders, they'll have referral links for everything they put down. We want to show people that we are neutral, okay? We're just listing what we use and that's it. We don't get paid by them or nothing, okay? If we did, we would disclose it, right? So, use a hardware wallet. In America, the major exchanges are Gemini and Coinbase. So, Coinbase has like over 30 million users, okay? So, if it's not listed on Coinbase or Gemini, I would not touch it.
0: Yep. I would not touch it. Okay. Okay, that's great. Because I mean, I I know right now, and this is just for you and I, because some of my uh, listeners will understand this, some won't. Uh, Uniswap is the big thing right now. And it's where you can go on and trade and get all this stuff that, you know, really super early things that aren't listed on exchanges.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I I would not touch that. If you're a beginner listening to this and you're like, if you're listening to this and you were saying to yourself in your brain as you're driving or listening to this and you say, what the hell are these guys talking about? Or is this for real? Or is this, yep. am I really hearing this? You should not be touching anything that's outside the two exchanges. Oh, like one called Bittrex, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. There's a Bittrex US and then there's a Bittrex Global. The reason why we want to only touch the coins that's listed on a major exchange in our country, in the country that you live in, is because you're relying on them and their engineers. Them and their engineers to figure out that coin is not a scam. They're doing due diligence on it themselves before yeah, they decide to because list they it. So it's another contact. filter. Yes, yeah, so you're using them, so you're using them as a filter. Just like I don't let's say if I come to America for the first time, I don't know what banks to use. And I, I say, hey Brad, you live in America all your life. What what are the top three banks that everyone uses? So yeah, I'm using exactly. it as a filter, right? So you're leveraging, you know, just like your, your, your clients that come and leverage you, you know, and I come into your mastermind and stuff like that to leverage your knowledge and your experience to figure out how to grow my business and stuff. And you know, your clients come to you to grow their business. It's the same thing. You're leveraging somebody that you trust that already knows how to do this, to do it for you. So when you first come to crypto, like, oh my God, there's like, oh, it's over 6,000 cryptos. Which one do I buy? Which one do I invest in? Well, the exchanges are only listing these. And remember, they're in the business of making money when you buy and sell a coin. So as, as popular as it is, if you don't hear it listed on your exchange, on, on one of those American exchanges, you have to ask, why are they not listing this coin? If it's so popular, why don't they listen? There must be a reason, okay? And, and, and then some people would say this, well, Ty, They'll probably list it six months from now. And by then it's gonna go up 100X or it's gonna go up 500X. I, I, I wanna catch that 500X move before it gets listed on Coinbase and uh, there's only a 100X move left. Don't worry about that guys. If a coin, let me say this again. If a coin truly has value in crypto, if it truly has the potential to go up 100X, don't worry about missing out on the first 10 or 20X. Don't worry about that. As long as you capture 10X or 20X out of that 100X, You're good to go, which is
0: still, which is still an insane return compared to the stock market.
1: Yeah. So we, we, we don't like to take our risk. Like, okay. Some people tell us all the time, Hey, this is going to go up 500 X. Great. When it goes on the exchange, right. We'll get into it. We'll be happy just to make 10 X from it. Okay. So, so there's no need to take that risk. When you're a beginner, you got to protect your money. So by using a hardware wallet, we just eliminate a bunch of garbage coins, because these engineers that are, that are providing security storage for those coins, they have to talk to that project. They have to talk to them, they have to look at the code, the software code to make sure there's no viruses, no bugs, there's nothing scammy or fishy about it, before they build it so they can fit in here. And then the exchanges have to set up their software and everything to accommodate and be compatible with that coin. So you're letting a bunch of engineers do the due diligence for you because the government is not going to do it for you. Right. So someone is knowledgeable about it, has to do it for you. And who else would you know? Well, these engineers that work here, they did the due diligence for you already. The exchange already did the due diligence for you. So if you just do those two things, do not touch any coins. And let's say that you live in Africa somewhere and you say, hey, Todd, in Africa, we have access to all these exchanges that the Americans don't have access to. And they have you know, a 1,000 coins listed while the American exchanges only list 100 coins. Well, if I was in Africa and I don't have a lot of money and I don't wanna lose my ass, then what I would do is I would look at the American exchanges to see what coins they list, and I would only touch those coins. Yeah, okay. Let the American exchanges do the due diligence for you.
0: Okay, so that's, that's two filters, right? If it's not in a hardware yeah. wallet, if it's not listed on a major exchange, and, not, and ideally in a US exchange, uh, is there another filter?
1: Okay. Another filter that I like to look at, right. To filter out all the garbage coins or who are the top blockchain engineers? Okay. Who are the top engineers. And what projects are they working on or what projects are they advising on? So I'm going to give it. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I got to, so since this is new technology, new industry, new market, I got to go back to the, uh, go back to the, uh, um, uh, what do you call that? The traditional markets, and use something that people already understand before I explain what in crypto, what I'm talking about. If you go back into the traditional stock, uh, stock market, in the technology market, you can pretty much trace all the technology companies in America, all the unicorns. Unicorns are companies that grow to be over a billion dollars. They, they, you can trace it all back to one company. To so one company in Silicon Valley, and that one company is called, um, I think it's Fairchild Semiconductors. Okay. So there was this company that when they first invented the semiconductors, right? In uh, transistors in Silicon Valley, the boss, the owner of that company, the founder, I guess he was not a pleasant guy to work with. So all the guys that worked for him, got upset with him or didn't get along and they branched off and they opened up their own semiconductor companies. You know, one of them became Intel. Right. And yep. then from there, the guys from there that the talent that was created there, they went off and started their other companies. Right. So there's all these semiconductor companies that branched off of that one company uh, called uh, Fairchild Semiconductor. Okay. Now if I have my Silicon Valley history or my technology history wrong, right guys, don't jump on my ass about it. Okay. I'm not one <laughs> of those, you know, I dropped out of high school. I was in prison for nearly 14 years. Okay. So uh, I try to remember these things, but there's this one sil- semiconductor company I know for sure, produced talent that went off and started like a bunch of other semiconductor companies. And there was like eight guys that left and go start off different companies. And then from there, they created more talent that went off and branched off. And sooner or later, you can trace Google back to them. You can trace Facebook. You You can trace a lot of companies that are billion dollar companies today back to that one company. Okay. So how do we apply that in crypto? Right. We can apply that in crypto by looking at who are the early developers in Bitcoin when nobody knew about it? When nobody knew what Bitcoin was, how? What projects are they working on today? Ten years later, eleven years later, what projects are they working on? So we're investing into guys that saw this technology early on.
0: So how do we like? How does a layman like myself?
1: Okay, you know, so, know what that is. Okay, so you would go to Bitcoin okay, or bitcoin.org, uh, any one of those, and you can look at it to see, or you can just search for who the early guys are, okay? Now, here's the thing though, those early guys, those guys are good engineers. Some of them only believe in Bitcoin, so you have a problem there. So if you went into an engineer that, or a person in cryptocurrency that only believes in Bitcoin and nothing else because it was the first one, right? Those are called Bitcoin maximalists, and those maximalists means fanboys, right? So you know how like the Chicago Bears got their fanboys, you know, on their, yeah. their team in Chicago, Illinois, right? No matter what the Chicago Bears does, they haven't had a winning season in many years, they haven't won a Super Bowl in many years, but those fanboys are still fans of the Chicago Bears team. So it's the same thing in in, in Bitcoin. It doesn't matter what Bitcoin does, right or wrong, these guys are still fanboys of it and they're called maximalists, okay? Okay. I, that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is The Ethereum project, which is the number two coin. The Ethereum project, now that's very easy. You just search Ethereum co-founders and there's only eight guys. And I'll name a few of them just to give you guys a head start, right? So obviously Vitalik Buterin is one of them. He was the one who wrote the white paper um, for um, uh, the Ethereum project, okay? He's a young kid. At the time he was like 19 or 20 years old. We interviewed him on our channel. We were the first you know we saw the first bitcoin and cryptocurrency trading investing channel back then and a lot of people say ty you know that's a bold claim you know like how you know like our lawyers even our securities lawyers ask us how can you make such a claim like that and i said well look at it you know back then in 2013 there was nobody no channels on the internet was talking about investing into altcoins or cryptocurrencies we were the only ones we even had our videos say why you should invest into ethereum back when everyone called you know said that we were idiots we were crazy we were stupid there's only Bitcoin why would you look at Ethereum right so and then we did that with like the first 12 like coins uh, ICOs that came onto the market okay first dozen or so so that that's why I can make that claim however our lawyers said we can't say that because yeah. we in China made a you know two second video about investing in crypto so he that's why we can't put that on our website so I can only tell that, you know, we, we started the first Bitcoin cryptocurrency trading and investing channel that we know of. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, I mean, that's just American law. So I got to stick with it. But, okay? so,
0: but so when you, if you're looking for some of these people like Vitalik and, you know, some of the other founders of like ETH and um, Bitcoin, et cetera, and then you just have to dig and look for what these guys are working on, follow them on Twitter, et
1: cetera, or is there some other way? Yeah, yeah so follow their Twitter. Follow their Twitter and see the projects that that they are tweeting about. So for example, on Ethereum, it would be Vitalik Buterin, right? So he's the the guy who wrote the white paper. And then other guy on that same project, there's eight guys. The second guy is uh, 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 Gavin uh, uh, Wood. Gavin Wood or Gavin York? Gavin Wood, I always get those two names confused. But he's he's a computer scientist, you know, it's Dr. Gavin Wood. And uh, he wrote the yellow paper and he wrote the first working version of the ethereum code so that dude is a, is a there's nobody that argues that he's not a genius in blockchain engineering okay yeah. so he's starting a project uh he's, he went off and branched off and started his own project called polka dot so oh, that yeah. is it and that that's just you had a huge run-up to it. split you know it did kind of like a similar kind of like a stock split like tesla did five for one or something like that four for one so they they split, so that that's another project that our team is invested into. And now
0: that's one. Just let me hit because I am a little familiar with Polkadot. But um, so at the moment, for beginners, like the, Polkadot's not listed on a major exchange, are they?
1: Uh, they are. Uh, they are listed on I think Kraken, which is a, also a U.S. exchange. Okay, cool. It's 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 accessible to U.S. customers. Gotcha. Okay cool. Right? Okay. So that that's uh, I you know there's so many exchanges guys I can't mention them all but it's it's listed on our uh cryptocurrency.market/faq page okay. And so that's Gavin Vitalik Buterin Gavin Wood uh, Charles Hoskinson he's doing the uh, uh, the Cardano project right now. He he branched off he started his Cardano project. So that's another project that our team is heavily invested in okay. Now these are the top talents in crypto so now that we got the hardware wallet out of the way, which is the security, and then we got the uh, the uh, um, the uh, exchange listing, which is the availability, the liquidity that we need to, in order to buy it and sell it out of the way. Now we're looking at long term. If is does this project have the best talent? Okay. So we we like to bet and and, and invest into the projects that we believe have the ble- the best engineering talents. And that's that's what we want to do. So these, these guys, these are all the top. Nobody in crypto dares to argue whether these guys are the top engineers. Sure. So projects they work on, that's what we're investing in, so that we can hold it for the long term. Nice. Yeah, you know, our goal is to make you know 20, 50, 100x from these projects, and the only way that that's going to do that is if the projects have long-term talent and exactly. they're able to create talent. So imagine if you're a software engineer, you're a junior developer or junior engineer, who do you want to go work for? You want to work for the guys that are veterans in the space, or you want to go work for a new startup?
0: Right. Okay. And so, and then that just takes a little legwork. That's like, let's find out who the original founders were. Let's follow on Twitter. Let's see what they're talking about. Let's do some research. Let's talk to people who know. And that's like you said, you got to do a little of your own due diligence.
1: Some of the first two are really easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that, that one, and then, uh, you, you, and then you can go uh, find some of the other guys. Those are the guys I know that's working on like major, major projects at this time. And also, the th- okay, so that's three filters, right? The first yep. one is the hardware wallets. The second one is the exchange listing. The yep. third one is the, 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 the guy that's running the talent pool, okay? And also, here's something else that nobody ever talks about, uh, Brad, that's very important. You got to have connections, man. You know as well as I do, man. Just, just anywhere in business, you got to have connections. Yep. And let's say that this team has, you know, there's always young guys that come up that are very brilliant and everything. So we're not going to negate that. We're not going to ignore that. But the problem is no matter how talented they are, right. I like to remember what Nancy Pelosi says. I'm not a big fan of Nancy Pelosi. Okay, guys, if you guys follow my Twitter, you know that I'm not a big fan of Nancy Pelosi, you know, and, and she, she runs your state. So, so I'm uh, okay. Like, poke, uh, poke uh, uh, throw a few jabs at her in, in this right here, okay? Feel free. And AOC, which is the youngest member of Congress to come into the, the U.S. Congress, everybody's talking about, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, which is known as AOC. So, everybody's talking about her. She's young. She's vibrant. She's energetic. Everybody loves her and everything. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a big Democrat fan, you know, but I like what uh, AOC is doing. I think she's hilarious. I just like watching her moves because it's funny. Uh, it's just, to me, it's just comical, okay? Yeah. But, Nancy Pelosi said something when the the, the media interviewed her and asked her, hey, what's up with all this stuff that, you know, uh, uh, AOC is getting all the attention and everything. And guess what Nancy Pelosi said? Hmm. She said, you can get all the attention you want, but you still have to have allies in Congress. You still have to network with people. You still have to, you know, your laws are not just going to get passed just because you're the youngest member or you're the hottest member or you're the most energetic. You still have to know people. And one thing that you gotta remember in crypto is, is that's no different. Mm. No matter how good you are as an engineer, no matter how good your project is, if you don't have a network of people in crypto, right? You're not gonna get very far. You're not gonna get very far. And these, the founders of Ethereum, they have massive networks. They wanna get listed on an exchange, they get listed. They, they can call up the CEO or the founder of that exchange directly and tell them hey man i want my coin listed and they're going to get listed if they want you know advertising they want to do any kind of marketing those exchanges are going to help and people are going to if they want to call up the the, the biggest newspaper in in crypto which is CoinDesk and coin telegraph and say hey we want to do some articles about this they're going to get written yes, up. Sir.
0: Yeah, that, go, that That actually hits a, a fundamental principle that um, I talk a lot about on my show with my clients and my own life. It's this concept of access and influence. And mm-hmm. it's it's one of the most critical things. It's like, it's not only access to people, but it's like, do you have access to information? Do you have access to resources, to capital, to other networks? Do you have access? But then it's one thing to have access. It's a whole other thing to have influence, right? Like, so AOC, may ha- she has access to Congress, but if nobody likes her, I'm not saying that this is true or not, but... If you don't have influence uh access does not equal influence you need both and um so just because you're in the blockchain you may have access to people like if you're a programmer etc but if you don't have the respect if you don't have the rapport etc and the influence you're not going to be able to pull the strings necessary to get things done um
1: yeah that's that's one things that you know i learned from from you know and and i'll share this with your audience and, and my audience too is that one of the things I've learned about, you know, you, you're you one of the best connectors I've ever met in my life. One of the, the, every time I've met you at any conference, any meetup, you're always connecting me. Like I'm like being, you know, like uh, I'm being hit with a water hose. You're like, Hey Ty, come talk to this person. Come talk to that person and, and, and all this, you know? And, and so one thing that I learned from just being around you was when I first got into crypto, I realized I got to pull off you know, the bacon rap approach and connect early guys that people don't know about. Yeah. You know, I want to talk to them now, not 10 years later when they're billionaires, which all these guys, are they're all billionaires now, right? So I, 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 you know, so now the fact that we have videos of talking to Vitalik, we have videos talking to Charles Hoskinson, interviewing them for all these different projects that came out in crypto. So we became a, a, a point, we became influencers In the cryptocurrency market using some of the stuff that you're talking about because we created contacts with these people early on and that's like some of the best times to connect with people is when they're just starting out
0: absolutely by the way and that's that's one of the best parts about having this podcast is it gives me the opportunity to reach out and interview people and showcase them and it's been one of my not so secret weapons of uh access and influence myself um, and I know you got your show, for instance, that, uh, allows you to, um, you know, you got your own YouTube channel, which allows you to kind of do the same thing if you wish. Um, yeah,
1: but that, people don't realize that, that I'm so busy nowadays. I don't have time to go and meet and connect with people in person.
0: You have four kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got four kids and I just take up all my time. And what happens is by having this YouTube channel, right. People know me. They, they go back through seven years of videos. They've seen who all the people I've talked to and interviewed, and they know I have a I can I have direct contacts to them. Yep. So some, a lot of people now you know they bring me deals, they bring me uh, you know new projects. They talk about introduce me to new projects simply because they've seen the people that I have access to. And that, and then when, and uh, and and like you said, it's not just about knowing those people. It's being able to pick up the phone and call them, and they actually answer. Bingo. That, that's, that's, to, that's important. Answer, not, yeah. you know, when, when I was young, right, I used to, you know, look at my phone and go, oh, you know, I, I know this person, this person, this person. But like you say in your programs, it's not just having a list of phone numbers. It's can, when you call them, do they actually respond? Bingo. You
0: know? Bingo. Okay. So, uh, recapping, yeah, one, hardware wallet, two, major exchange, three, who are the top engineers and, like, what are they working on? Um,
1: was there four or was that? Yeah, the, the fourth thing is this. Do they have enough money to last? Because, you know, like, if, if, you, you know, if, if you're in this for the long term, if you're here to make 100X, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in one month. It's going to take time. And do these engineering teams have enough money to last 10 years? Is 10, the, the, the coins that we invest into today, we want to ask ourselves, Brett, is it going to be here 10 years from now? Yeah.
0: Well, and I remember... Uh, having watched uh, about a year ago, you did a great um, episode of your YouTube channel about eight reasons you're uh, buying, or you have bought a lot of Tezos, um, which is another coin for anybody not familiar with it. And one of the things you talked about it in there, is the, you know, capital-wise, they're they're one of the most uh, well-funded
1: companies. They are the richest project in crypto because they raise, think think about this, they raise money at, $232, $235 $232, 235000000 million yeah. they raised. And that's unheard of in Silicon Valley. That's unheard of. Like No one has ever talked about raising that much money, right? They raised it at a time when Bitcoin was only like three or $4,000 and then it went to 20,000. So they had over a billion dollars to build their project. And the last time they did their uh, audit, their, 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 uh, they had a, a legal audit of their books and everything of their finances. And they had over $500 million. I think it was $650 million. I think that that can last 10 years. I, 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 right. you know, they, they, they have enough money to last all the engineer's lifetime and all of the founder's lifetimes and my lifetime and your founder and still not run out of money. And they, yeah, so, and they can
0: pay for the best that, talent
1: out there. Yeah, so they, they have the money to, be, to, to get the best talent out there, okay? Right. Now, let me, let me just list a couple of projects that I believe... Have over five hundred million, or they have a, a just a crap load of money, like over a hundred million dollars. Before
0: you, before you do, are is there a way to do some of the due diligence on that? Is there a way to find that out? How you can? You
1: can go to the website and you have to go backtrack when they raised the money and try to kind of like extrapolate and figure out, okay, how much money did they raise back then? A hundred million dollars. It was at, you know, Bitcoin was $1,000. Now Bitcoin's at 10000 so they should have 10 times that amount of money. They raised it four years ago. What's their burn rate? How much do they burn each month? $50,000 a month, you know, or a million a month. That means every year they're burning $12 million. So if they had a billion, they've been burning $12 million a year for the last, you know, four or five years. And, you know, you can do all that math, but I'm going to save you a lot of trouble. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like Like you and I always do. You know, we like to, you know, leverage other people's knowledge and experience. And here's something that I... You know, I remember off the top of my head, so I, I can say it here, so that your audience don't have to go and do the, the research it is. on it. So, That's great. So, okay, so Tezos has over $500 million. Okay, Tezos, right? Their symbol symbols XTZ, uh, which is X-ray, Tango, uh, Zulu, okay? Yep. Uh, the next one is uh, um, Neo, Neo, okay? N-E-O, November, Echo, Oscar. How so you spell it? Neo. Yep. They're, they're, they're a smart uh, uh, contract platform similar to Ethereum from uh, from uh, um, uh, China to compete with Ethereum. So they, they have over five hundred uh, uh, million dollars easily. Matter of fact, I would put them against Tezos if, if I was to pick which one had the most money. It'd be yeah. one of them. Okay, they raised so much money it went up so much they actually gave everybody's money back. Can uh-huh. you believe? That's crazy. Dude, they raised so much. The the, the money they raised, it grew so much that they said, you know what? We're going to do all our investors a favor. We're just going to give your money back. Wow. (laughs) I mean, how many billions did they grow to, to where they can say, hey, look, we're just going to give the money back to you guys. Now, you know, the SEC or anybody, it's really hard for them to, to, to go after these guys for anything because they gave all the investors money back with the profit. (laughs) So, so that's another project. Another project is uh, Cardano. Yep. Now I don't know if they have $500 million, right? But their founders, I believe is a billionaire. Charles Hoskinson, I believe he's a billionaire, you know? Yep. So he, you know, his company IOHK is the company that was hired to build Cardano. You know, the last time I talked to him, uh, I think a year or two ago, he had like over 300 engineers that he hired to work on the Cardano project. So how many, how many cryptocurrency projects can claim they have 300 paid engineers working on it? Probably very few. Yeah. They're very, very, very few. There's, there's very few, you know, they, they, you can cite that, Oh, you know, Bitcoin has all these, you know, volunteer engineers working on it, or Ethereum has these volunteer engineers. No, 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 no. How many paid engineers are working on this? Okay. That's, that's what I want to know. Okay. okay. So those, those are three. Uh, another one is now this one, I don't know if you guys can get into it. It's called Filecoin. The only people that could get into it before were accredited investors. And gotcha. I don't know if the laws have changed since then, but they raised like 200 and something million dollars back in 2017 when Bitcoin was only at like two or $3,000, a thousand dollars, something, something like that. Three, $4,000, thousand dollars. I don't remember the exact number, but it's gone up tremendously since then. Right, the the Bitcoin has the Filecoin has not been released yet. The token has not been released yet, so they're going to be released uh, in uh, like another month or two. So watch for that. Yeah, yeah. So keep an eye on that. But here's the thing, though it's it's a um, it's not a sexy token. Okay. In other words, what it's designed to do, it's not sexy. It's very technical. It's very back end you know uh, server stuff. So, but it's it's one of those projects that have a ton of money. So if you have extra money and like you used to, Hey Ty, I can sit around five years for this coin to go up. That's one of the coins that, that you might want to look at Nice. You know, in the short term. It's, 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 I, I don't know. Cause it's, it, it was only available to accredited investors. So our team got into it. I got into it, you know? So I'm not sure exactly how, when it gets listed, if a regular person, a retail investors can even get into it. Okay. Not Something sure. I'm telling you that. In you, yeah, in case you happen to qualify as, as an accredited investor, you know. Now, yep. another one is um, Ethereum. Ethereum is another project that they, they raised a lot of money. They almost use it all up, but now the Ethereum prices are going up and, and things, So they 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 have some a decent amount of money, and they have the biggest talent pool right now in crypto. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else? Um, if you just search for a tweet, I tweeted this out, but I forgot. I tweeted out that these are the projects that I think that, you know, have the most money, like the top 10 projects that have the most money in crypto. So I tweeted that. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's a list of it somewhere on my Twitter. Okay. And my Twitter yeah. is at HeyTaiZen. At hey Tizen.
0: Yeah. I'll make sure that that's in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, are there any other filters besides those four?
1: Okay. Okay, I'm going to show you another easy, easy method to get into crypto. Okay. And this is for some people that say, hey, I got the money. I got a little bit of money. I don't mind throwing 10, 20,000 bucks or, you know, a, a small portion of my wealth into crypto and see what it does. I don't want to do any work. I don't want to do any work. Yep. Okay. So if you go to our website, um, if you just sure. go to our website, we have, if you go to www. Cryptocurrency.market slash start. Cryptocurrency.market slash start. Okay. It shows you how to use our Typhoo portfolio manager. So Taifu is the name of me and my business partner. You know, uh, me, yeah. I'm Taifu. His last name is Leon Fu. So we just combine it Okay. So on there, we explain how to use the Typhoo portfolio manager. In the Typhoo portfolio manager, we built two benchmark indexes. One is called the Typhu 30 cryptocurrency market index and the other one is the Typhu 30 altcoin market index. So the way that it works is that we do all these filters that I'm telling you and a bunch of other filters that we have found. So we built this for us to use and our kids to use. Okay, yeah. so we built it for us to use so we can measure the market and what we do is we take 80% of our money and we put it into one of those two indexes. So my business partner, Leon Fu, he puts it into the Typhu 30 cryptocurrency market index. And I take my 80% of my money and I put it into the Typhu 30 altcoin market index. The difference between the two is that the altcoin market index does not include Bitcoin. That's the only difference, okay? So he and I have different risk tolerance and and different amounts of of money in our portfolio, okay? So because of that, we, 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 our risk tolerance is slightly different. I, I'm a more of a risk taker than he is. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm willing to put all my money into altcoins, whereas he's not. Gotcha. He's willing to put, you know, a portion of his money into uh, altcoins, but a large portion of it has to be in Bitcoin. So that is. Just- and
0: I've been on here, I've been on this site and I'm on there right now. Is there a way? So do you, yeah, how do you, how do you basically use this? Do you just have to go out and then just buy? You can't yeah, buy the quarter. index.
1: So every quarter, so if you go to our methodology on our pages, on yeah. our top in the menu, uh, I think it's on the miscellaneous, it says, uh, methodology. It says, uh, yeah, methodology. That explains to you uh, under resources, there's a tab at the top, it says resources, and underneath it, there's a methodology. That methodology explains how we came up with the math and the criteria, all the filters and the criteria that we use to filter out all the coins to come up with the Typhoon 30 index.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Now, when you get in though, this is not an index, th- this is not like an index fund you can buy. So you no, would have, no. to, you, correct me no. if I'm wrong here, you would have to go in and on-ramp or buy all of these, uh, let's say 30 uh, coins in the approximate uh, percentage proportion that you've listed yes. on the
1: page. Yes, and that's why we have it listed as, as like the, oh, for that quarter, that quarter, each quarter, we, we, we rebalance the portfolio every quarter. And if you, if, you, if you click on like the Typhoon 30 cryptocurrency market index and you go down to the bottom, the components tab, right? It shows you what the percentage of that coin is. For example, like right now, uh, as of not right now, but as of uh, when we rebalanced the portfolio on July 1st, 2020, Bitcoin made up 62.83% of the okay. entire portfolio. So let's say if I put 100,000, I'm going to use the 100,000 number just so the math is easy for me. So if I put 100,000 into the cryptocurrency market, 62,000 of it would go into just Bitcoin. And then Ethereum makes up 16% of the portfolio. So 16,000 would go into Ethereum. Now, here's the thing, guys. Let's just say that you say, hey, Ty, I'm not, man, this cryptocurrency stuff, it's just really, it just seems really risky to me. It sounds weird. Really, I, you know, I don't want to, too much stuff, you know? Well then what I would do is I would just get like into the top 15 because the bulk, see the reason why we're taking gonna it. come from the top ones, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna come from the top ones. We believe that crypto is going to a multi-trillion market cap like gold. We believe that gold is 10 trillion and eventually it's going to hit the same market cap or greater than gold. If you think about it, gold is not divisible, gold is not easy to transport, you cannot authenticate if it's real gold or not, and it's worth ten trillion, right? And people say, "Well, you know." Uh, people always ask, "Well, what's backing crypto? Nothing, right? Just like gold. What backs gold? Nothing." Yeah. Why? Why does it need backing to have value? If a large number of people agree that it has value, it has value. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Everything. You know back- is, everything is fiat.
1: <laughs> yeah, everything is fiat. Uh, you know. it it has value because a large community of people give it value a block of gold and a kilogram of gold sitting out in in the middle of the desert right it has no value until humans come along and one human is not enough to give it value it has to be two humans or more that agree that okay this this block of gold here has this much value and then it starts to have value okay so so if you want
0: to keep it even it's simpler that you know find like let's let's for instance, the typhoon cryptocurrency index, uh, buy the top 15. Don't even worry right, especially right now. This is, uh, we are recording this September 7th, 2020. Um, don't worry necessarily about, oh, well, should I buy this one today or next week or whatever? Put yeah, the money yeah, in.
1: Yeah, you're not betting on a like, one coin to go up a hundred X. What yeah. you're doing, when you take the index approach, You don't know which coins are which or who's the good developer, which one's a good team, which one has money. All you're betting on is that the entire market's going to go up.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: And it's going to go up. It's sitting at 350 billion market cap right now, but it's going to go up higher. Gotcha. And that's what you're betting on. You're not betting on the fact that, you know, Ethereum is going to do better than Ripple or Bitcoin Cash is going to be doing better than Litecoin or anything like that. You're betting that, hey, you know what? I don't fully understand what this market is about but there's a lot of buzz you know for the last six seven years and it's been getting bigger and bigger every year and i'm betting that this market is going to get two or three times bigger than it is now that's what you're betting on okay and that's to me is the most is the safest and most conservative bet but i want to include this in for the uh, western audience especially the ones in america if you rebalance your portfolio every quarter there's tax consequences mm-hmm. now i'm not a tax professional our, our, our tax attorneys and our our accountants you know advise us on these things, and we 've learned a thing or a few from them okay that if you don 't hold the coins for more than twelve months, it gets treated as short term capital gains okay so if that happens, you pay a higher tax rate you, you pay the same rate as your day job rate yep. but if you hold it for more than twelve months then you, you, you pay a, 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 a long-term, a, a, a long-term yeah. capital gains, which is about, you know, the highest is like 20% plus the Obamacare tax, right? So it's, let's just say 24%, the highest in America. Yep. Now, so let's say that 62% of my portfolio is Bitcoin at the moment in this quarter. Let's just say next quarter comes and it drops to 60%. It's only a 10% difference. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to change that. I'm not gonna rebalance my portfolio. I'm not gonna sell my Bitcoins to go buy, you know, buy some of the other coins, that's raised. it's only 2%. I would consider rebalancing it if it's like over 5%. Like, mean, there's a big change. If it's just a small change, you know, screw it. I'm not gonna pay the taxes on it and then I'm just gonna keep it the same uh, uh, size, the same percentage of my portfolio. Gotcha.
0: Okay, and if you do this in a tax deferred account, which is a whole other story, uh, yeah. You don't have to worry about that.
1: Okay. So, 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 okay. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. So let me just throw this in there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to squeeze this in there real quick. Just, uh, I'm just going to give this, you guys still have to go research on it, but we already did the research on it. Our team's already done it. So I know it can be done. Okay. If you are close to retirement somewhere around like your late forties, cause you know, in America, in a retirement, we can start withdrawing from our personal retirement at around 59 and a half from like our IRA. Uh, which is an independent retirement account or individual retirement account or a yep. 401k. So this is what we have to do. If, this is not financial advice, okay guys, I'm letting you know, I'm a political Vietnamese refugee that came to America, you know, came from the refugee camps, came to America, lived in the hood in the ghetto, went to prison for 14 years, came out, didn't even finish high school, okay? I couldn't even finish high school. I'm not a licensed financial advisor in any country, in any state that I know of, in any planet, and neither do I play one online, okay? But I'm just telling you what I would do if I was a US resident right now, and I was in my 50s and I was near retirement account, right? And the stock market is up. What I would do is I would cash out my 401k, okay? Or or a portion of it, right? I would pay the taxes on it and put it into a Roth IRA, which is a tax there's no taxes, I pay the tax. So let's say I take 100,000 out of my 401k or any type of retirement account I have right now. And I say, okay, I'm gonna pay taxes on this. Okay, well, I don't have a lot of money. So I'm gonna pay the taxes on the 100,000 and then I'm gonna put it into an, a Roth IRA, which is a individual retirement account that I don't have to pay taxes when it grows to a million dollars. I'm gonna pay the taxes now, so i don't have to pay it later. Yep. And I'm betting and I'll take that money while the stock market's high, I'm gonna sell, take it, put it into the crypto market while it's near the bottom. And then I'm gonna put it into a Roth IRA and then I'm gonna invest it into a Bitcoin trust. A Bitcoin trust, Ethereum trust. Now, you, what I, what I would buy that and I have to pay a massive premium. It's almost like getting raped. Okay, I'm just letting you guys know when you buy it, like if Bitcoin's at 10,000, you have to pay like a 10 or 15% premium, a markup on it. So now you're paying 15,000 for that. No, 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 Uh, 11,500 or 12,000 for that Bitcoin. However, when it grows in my Roth IRA, it's all tax free. Yep. Okay. And some people say, oh, well, Ty, but if I'm 50 years old right now, what if I need that money earlier and I cannot wait to 59 years old. Well, you can. There's, there's, there's US laws where you can take it out for medical or for your primary residence to buy your home or for education. One of those, medical, education, or home. And you, you got to check with your CPA, but we've been told that you can also withdraw from it. The only caveat is that you have to withdraw the same amount every year. Yeah. So just, just check with your tax attorney, check with your accountants. That's what I would do. That way, where there's do no- you.
0: Real quick, where do you go to like a Bitcoin or Ethereum trust? Do you just Google this okay. or is that, is that a thing? Yeah, that- yeah, yeah. So,
1: so Grayscale grayscale is one of the companies that provides these trust services. And they're, they're like one of the first ones. And that's one of the ones that we use. Uh, the other one is go to a place called Kingdom Trust. So, yeah, I have an account there. Okay, so one of the places to learn all this stuff is to figure out this is to let the companies that do those businesses, types of businesses, let them do all the filtering for you and the due diligence for you. So Coinbase and Gemini Exchange, they also provide what's called custodian services or custody. So whenever you do an individual, any type of retirement account, you have to put money into that investment and that, that investment has to be held by a third party company that is licensed to do that. So Coinbase and Gemini, are two companies in America that are licensed or they are two exchanges that are licensed to do that. So you look at what companies, what trust companies are affiliated with them that they do, they, they, they provide custody for so that you know that they are following the laws. So that's one way to do it.
0: Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I've so, got it. I've actually got a, I don't know if you're familiar with a solo 401k. You ever f- familiar with that? No, I'm not familiar with that. I won't go into the details of it, but that's one of the things I've been looking at deploying because I've only been investing with my taxable assets so far. But that's actually this week. One of the big things I'm looking at is on ramping with my um, solo 401k. It's a self-directed, it's like a self-directed IRA, but I can invest in that. So I'm glad you're telling me this. I don't know if I'll need to do that with the solo 401k, but that's absolutely one of the things I want to do.
1: Yeah, and so so our team uses uh, Kingdom Trust and I think that they, they have like eight eight coins that they provide custody and that you can put into your retirement account. I know it's Bitcoin, Ethereum. I think Ripple is one of them. Uh, Bitcoin Cash and like uh, 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 Zcash. There's, there's like eight of them that our team when they did their uh, uh, um, our team members when they did their their uh, Roth IRA they put it into those top eight coins. Nice, nice, nice. And and, and that, that's it. That's that's their. That's one of their long-term portfolios and, 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 and that's a way to get tax deferred so you don't have to leave the US you know, like, like I did or like a lot of crypto people are doing.
0: No, yeah, that's killer. Um, we're coming up here close to the end of the interview um, today, but there's a couple other things I wanna just definitely uh, you know, touch on. So yeah, for the, for the majority of people, unless you have a trading background, mm-hmm investing we've been talking more much more about investing um you also though like you're a trader you're watching yeah. technical moves and you're watching short term and long term macro and micro trends etc yes. um you also you know, i know you also you have a lot of courses that you teach and like you mentioned you have, you know I, I don't make a lot of money off the courses the majority of my money is off the trading etc yeah, et cetera. yeah, so, so,
1: yeah. So there's a lot of traders online that they make money off the YouTube ads by making technical analysis videos every day and there's there's different ways to make money in trading. One is that you can just make videos and make ad money revenues. Okay. And you, you can tell those are the ones that's doing that because they make a a technical analysis or some type of analysis, trading analysis videos every day, every day, they they make make their own money from ads. Okay. We don't do that. That's why you don't see us doing a ton of analysis videos. Plus it's not scalable. Anybody that manages a a seven, eight, nine figure portfolio, they know you you don't have time to do that. And plus it's not scalable. That's not something, that's not how you manage a seven, eight, nine figure portfolio. So if you know those guys, even if they are making money from, from cryptocurrency trading and investing, you know, they're not managing a seven, eight, nine figure portfolio because if they are, they wouldn't be wasting time doing that. Okay. Exactly. They make money from referral links, affiliate links. Okay, so they make a bunch of analysis videos, but they they don't actually make money from the crypto trading, they make money from the affiliate or the referral links. And you can tell these are the ones that's doing that by looking at what they refer and looking at their links. Like if you see us refer uh, people to Coinbase, all you see is Coinbase.com. You don't see nothing else after the .com. But if, if it's a referral link, you'll see like some weird, a bunch of weird numbers and ID numbers. That's what that's for so that they can get paid for referrals, okay? So we don't do that, okay? The, the, the third one is where they, it's a paid promotion. So they talk about crypto, they talk about crypto, just like we do, except they get paid by that crypto project to talk about it. Yeah. So they talk about Chainlink because they got paid by Chainlink to talk and about it. And they don't it. have to, they don't have to disclose, do they? They, I know they of, should. The ones outside the US, they don't know that. Yeah. They don't know that, so they don't disclose it. So on the surface, it looks like they're talking the same thing we are. And they make the same kind of money we do, but they don't. Okay. And then there's another kind, right? So, so they make money off of the promotions and yeah. you can, because they're talking about all these different coins, Like every video is a new coin. Oh yeah. And they usually get paid between five to $10,000 per video to do that, by the way, so that your audience knows. Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. oh, so, so here's the thing. We don't do that. If we do, we'll tell you. If you just ask us, hey, Ty, are you being paid by this coin? We'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, we have nothing to hide, hype, right? But we don't do that because it doesn't make us a lot of money.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, the reason why we don't do it is because it doesn't make that much money. Yeah. You know, we, we, we make, we're managing seven, eight, nine-figure portfolios, man. We, we ain't got time to dick around with- It's a drop
0: in a bucket, yeah.
1: Yeah, That's we. I'm not knocking the guys who are doing that. I'm just telling your audience how you know which ones are making money from trading, okay? And then the fourth one is the people that make money from selling courses about trading. They actually don't make that much money from trading or investing themselves, but they sell the courses and that's where they make their money. And yeah. then I'm not knocking any of these guys, man. Everybody has to make a living for their family, you know? To me, it's just all about disclosure, you know, just, you know so that you know who to follow, okay? Now, we have courses that we sell called the, uh, we have a bootcamp that we sell that's $25,000 per person and that's to teach them live, but we don't, we don't have time to do that anymore because we're busy managing our portfolio, right? We did that so that we can record it and sell the recording online. So we have the recording, which is called the Cryptocurrency Investing Blueprint. That's our flagship program. And we sell that to people that are serious about trading crypto. Like you, if you're from the traditional markets and you want to get into this and you want to, you know, from people that actually do it for a living and not a bunch of, you know, BS people, you know? That's who that course is for. And the other thing too, is that we saw that the number one reason that people lose money is they lose their tokens. They lose their coins, they lose their tokens. It's not from the crash, the market crashed 90%. So we put a huge emphasis on computer security in our courses, Yep. right? And then we, you know, since we were pioneers in this industry in trading, investing crypto, right? As, as your uh, emails, indicate, you know, that I sent to you from 2013, you know, when you're a pioneer, you got a lot of arrows stuck in your back, oh, yeah. when you're, right? And we just want to say, Hey man, you know, we lost millions of dollars to figure this stuff out. Right. And we said, Hey man, like, let's just record everything that we did. Some of the big mistakes that we did. and people can just avoid some of these big, you know, that, that put you out of business type mistakes, you know, that get you to go bankrupt and stuff. If people can just avoid that and survive, they'll do okay. You'll be ahead. Yeah. yeah, so that's what we created that for. And the other the, 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 the other reason that we created this for, the Typhoon Portfolio Manager that you, you just looked at, that we just talked about, and the courses is that Leo and I, we have this firm believe that if you put money into the hands of people that don't know how to manage it, don't know how to grow it, don't know how to keep it, don't know how to protect it, and don't know how to make it more money from it, it's like throwing money in the trash, yep. right? So we have no intentions of leaving money to our kids. Not large sums, you know, if I have $10 million, I ain't going to leave crap to my kids. Maybe a few hundred bucks or a few thousand bucks to start their portfolio. Yeah. What we're going to do to them is the education that we got, the experience that we have to make money so they can learn it,
0: it and themselves.
1: so they can manage the risk. So our education, our cryptocurrency investment blueprint is for our kids. That's what we built for our kids. I love if that.
0: I love it, that. Great.
1: Okay, but we built it for our kids. I got four kids, you know? And I see, I used to work at the stock trading school. I saw what happened when you put money into the hands of kids and people that don't know what to do with it. It's it's gone, it's gone. It really is gone. There's no exception to that rule. You put money into someone that don't know what to do with it, it's gonna disappear. So we built this course to teach our kids so they have something in case. You know, I had three heart attacks already. Something happens to me, The course is more important to my kids than the money that I leave them. And the software, the Typhoon Portfolio Manager, so they can see the risk. The problem with trading and investing is that the risk is abstract. People can't see it. So no matter how much we tell our students, no matter how much I tell my friends, they just don't believe it. So we had to build something so they can see the risk visually so they can understand it. So that's what we're for. So, but we put it out there, but... I would say that less than half a percent of our income comes from selling our cryptocurrency investing blueprint. The other 99% comes from our trading. Right. And so I've been I through,
0: know. like, I, I've been going through your, uh, your training and I, I I'm going to tell my uh, fans and followers uh, it, it's really, really good. I am not, uh, I'm not being, Ty's not paying me to promote this. This is not an affiliate arrangement, but um, like I highly recommend going through this stuff because it's, it's really, really comprehensive. And it's like step one, do this, step two, do this. And uh, you've got stuff for both trade, like people who wanna learn technical analysis, people who just wanna invest. And then just people who just want to um, just learn the basics about how the heck do I get into this and not feel like a complete idiot? Because that's one of the problems. I know that's one of the problems I, I had going into it. I was like, I have a degree in finance and economics and investing and a career history in that, but I'm getting in going, man, I don't know what I'm doing. Am I going to lose money? Am I going to throw this away? But you do a really good job of handholding people through the um, fundamentals and not just get caught up in all the other crap and in fact you know you brought up some of these youtube guys you know like i and, and i've got a handful of friends this a core group of guys who hopefully will be listening to this that we've been going back and forth and a lot of them listen and they'll share some of the uh youtube channels and i watch various youtube channels just kind of keep track of what's going on and oh my god it's overwhelming because every it's just so many things constantly and whether it's technical analysis or talking about altcoins and tons of clickbait and Uh, hyperbole and all of this other stuff, it kind of makes you feel like, you know, FOMO. Like, I'm going to miss out if I don't get in this one. And I have to go, wait, stop. That's not the way investing works. Rule number one. (laughs) Here's
1: something your audience needs to know. It's really sexy to hear that a coin went up hundred X, but how much did your entire portfolio go up? Right. That's what's important is we don't ever lose sight and let one coin interfere with our entire portfolio. Okay, and the index approach that we're using is the best approach that we have found to manage a seven, eight, nine-figure portfolio. Yeah. Well, that thing that everybody's talking about, you know, it's not going to work when you get to a bigger portfolio, and your audience needs to know the reason why. The reason why you can't trade in and out with a bigger portfolio is there's not enough liquidity. Yeah, and let's say that you put, let's say that you put in. I'm, I'm just going to go on a limb and say this. If you put in $30,000, dollars $50,000 or more into crypto today, in, 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 in the third quarter or the fourth quarter of 2020, and your portfolio goes up 10X or 20X, you, you have over a million dollars. And guess what? How are you going to sell it? How are you going to sell a million dollars with the crypto? That's, that's that's Whenever I talk to other crypto uh, uh People, I, I want to know what, where they're at. Like, yeah. how big, like, you know, are they playing, you know, at the high school level, college level, or pro level? Well, at like, what level do you get? And the easiest question I ask them is, how do you unload a million dollars with the Bitcoins? Well, I'm not talking about small point, Bitcoin, just Bitcoins.
0: Well, and, well let, me, and let me ask you from, a, from an amateur, ignorant standpoint. So, okay, it's part of that you know, so one of them is like, if I just decide to sell today, I don't know if the, if I try to sell a million dollars worth of Bitcoin, would that affect the price depending Yes, on- it will. Yeah. Yes, it will. Because yeah. the market is very big. It's just like, the market- not just- trying to sell a million, if I sell a million dollars with the Apple, it's probably not going to budge.
1: Nobody's even going to notice that you sold a million dollars with the Apple. If you bought the S&P 500 Spider ETF, and you sold a million dollars or bought a million dollars, the market is so big, nobody even noticed you. Yep. If you a million dollars worth of Bitcoin on even on the biggest exchanges like Coinbase, right? Right away, there it's going to affect the price. Now, is yeah. it how much is it going to affect it? We don't know. Like, it's going to be yeah. a small maybe one percent, two percent, right? But if you could jump to, let's say, number number seven coin like Class, Ethereum Classic right now on our Typhoon index, you sell a million dollars with Ethereum Classic, you probably just move the price 10, 20, 30 percent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so on
1: the money in right now, like, like I said, if you put thirty, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 in Brad, you really don't have a choice, but to go with like the top 15, 20 biggest coins because they're the most liquid coins.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, that's one of the things, this is a personal question. So this, I, I, I have about that. Plus, you know, may, maybe a little bit more than that so far that I've on ramped in the past month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it is primarily, I think I told you this before, it is primarily the big two Bitcoin and ETH with a little mm-hmm. bit in Chainlink and Tezos. That is that is my current holdings and I have not been doing it methodically. I have not been following, you know, like the, the index, which I'm going to start switching to. I've just been trying to go, all right, let's just get money in there just so I'm in the game. And, um, but that is, I, I think if, I need to start. If
1: you have that money, he said, say, hey, Ty, I got four kids, I got two wives, you know, and I got two girlfriends, and I got two jobs, and I got all this, and I only got two minutes a day. How do I take advantage of this crypto market w- without much, okay? The only thing I would do is get a hardware wallet, yep. and I just split my money into Bitcoin, Ethereum, and that's it. Yeah, That's it. Because if you look at the indexes, the Typhoon 30 cryptocurrency market index, if Bitcoin is 62%, 62.8, let's just round up to 63%, and Ethereum is 16%. 16, six plus three is nine. That's 79. That's 80%. That right of there. The market, yeah. And then
0: I got my other two smaller ones that are going to, you know, if they pop up more, I got yeah, a little yeah.
1: bit of. So if you say, hey, Tom, exposure. if you're happy, you, you can take 80%, you can take advantage of 80% of the growth in the crypto market just by putting your money into Bitcoin and Ethereum. Just those two, and those good are point. available at every exchange. And that's it. Like if you like I need more time to research this. I'm not really sure about this. I got 10,000, I want to put it into crypto. I'm not sure about this. I would just take the 10,000, put 5,000 into Bitcoin, 5,000 into Ethereum, and then go do your research.
0: Yep, I like it. Well, that makes me feel like I didn't mess up.
1: Yeah, my, you know, my yeah. So, so, interest so you're benefiting in. from the boom and it still buys you time to go research other stuff. But like I said, like, especially, okay, look, the people that are doctors, lawyers, if you're a licensed professional in, in, in a Western country, you really, especially if you're a licensed professional and you're making like over 120000 a year, 150000 a year, you really don't have time for this. Yeah. You really don't have time to just to, to sit there and, and do all the research, right? Go get- I definitely don't the Bitcoin into Ethereum. And if you're making over $120,000, $30,000 a year, you should have no problem putting $20,000 into this. And if you don't, what's wrong? Like, why are you managing your money to a point where you don't have $20,000 to put into this? <laughs> exactly. Like, like, what's going on here?
0: Yeah, spending it on uh, fast Yeah,
1: bug. You know, oh, let me say one thing so I don't forget. This is so important. If, if everybody just does this, guys, you will save yourself millions of dollars. I know where you're going. Go ahead. Always test small first. Let's say that I got 10,000 and I wanna buy 5,000 and Bitcoin 5,000 Ethereum. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go get $50 or $100 worth of Bitcoin first and I'm gonna send it to this hardware wallet, okay? And buy it from the manufacturer. Don't buy it from Amazon, don't buy it from nobody. Just order it from France, from from, from the manufacturer or, or the Trezor or the Ledger order from the manufacturer, pay the extra shipping cost so you don't have to deal with it being hacked or anything like that. When you get it, buy you $100 from Coinbase or Gemini, send $50 to this device, send it back to the exchange, from the exchange, send it back to this device, from this device, send it back to the exchange. Do that about 10 times. And when you understand how that whole process is done, then you buy the whole 5,000 with the Bitcoins and then send it here. If you test small before you do a big transaction, you will be protected. Remember guys, the number one reason for people losing money in crypto is they lose the tokens. Is that because the market crashed 90% because they just lose the tokens because they sent it to the wrong place. Yours truly here <laughs> you lost a million dollars sending it to the wrong address. When, she, when you send it to the wrong address, then that's it. So don't be a knucklehead, an idiot like me and one lose million. Million sending a transaction to the wrong address. Okay. So that's a bad day right there. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad day. Oh, you haven't heard of all the other stupid uh, uh, stuff that we 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 uh done. Okay? And don't keep your coins on the exchange cuz one of our team members lost like 2 over 2 million keeping on on the exchange cuz he got the exchange got hacked and he lost it. Let me uh let let me ask
0: a very specific personal question about that. So for instance Tezos. I've got Tezos. Tezos has staking rewards. All right? Is, yes. is that what it's called? Staking rewards on Tezos? Yeah, staking rewards. Cool. So do that is currently on Coinbase right now. Do, does it have to be on an exchange to earn that or can I move that? No, to te- you can do it
1: on here. You can do it from the ledger. You can do it from here. And Don't I'll make-
0: still make And I'll still make it. It doesn't have to be connected.
1: You'll make more. You'll make more.
0: All right, done. Cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure about go. that. That was one of the first things I, I wanted to ask you and I, I almost forgot. So, so I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Yeah, the, 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 the Teslas pays about 5.5% rewards a year. So if you, if you own 100 Teslas right now and you stake it, which means that you're, you're, you're volunteering your coins to help secure the entire Tesla's network. Yep. And here, you're going to have 105.5 tokens.
0: Cool. So I don't, yeah. Once I move that to my uh, treasure, I don't have to
1: do anything to stake it. No, no, no. You have to, you have to delegate it. You have to delegate it to someone. It's called, you have to volunteer it to someone. And that volunteering process is called delegation. So is that have- relatively easy to do? Yeah, it's very easy. Like we 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 run a a a, 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 a statement service. So if, if you grab our if you grab our uh, um, Tesla's address, and it's going to ask you where do you want to delegate this to, and you just paste the address in. They cannot steal your coins. They cannot do anything. Okay, and cool. and then you just leave it there, and then that's it. And then ours. And then we show the network that you have given us permission to use your coins to stake it. We can't move your coins. We just have permission, right? And then we go ahead and we stake it. We charge a 15% uh, a staking fee, which means that out of that 5.5 tokens that you receive, we keep 15% of it, you know, yeah. to run servers and, and our hardware and, and everything. Cool. So
0: yeah, so I'll follow up with you on that when we get off the phone and- it's, uh,
1: it's Very simple. I mean, you, the, the average staking fee is somewhere between uh, six, uh, six, seven percent 20 percent, yeah. And I think Coinbase charges the highest, which is like 20 or
0: 25 percent. Nice, okay, yeah, well, cool. So, yeah, I'll make you, I'll make even more. That's yeah. beautiful. Um, man, this has been the I, th- I think this is you've officially, I think we may have clocked in the longest epistyle of bacon wrapped business, and mm-hmm. it is not for, I mean, because it, it was just hopefully people are taking mad notes and their hands are hurting, right? If,
1: if, if people just do those, those things I, I said, you know, about it. hardware wallet, don't keep your coins on exchange, test a small transaction, you know, a bunch of times before you do a big transaction, right? Yep. That right there is going to save you so much money and you just focus on like on the top, you know, 15, 20 coins to me, you're, you're so, if you just do those few items, you are so far ahead of the rest of the crowd. There are people that's been in crypto for five, six, seven years. I don't even know that stuff.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, as as a listener to bacon wrap business, you guys
1: do now. Yeah. We we are still so early. Don't let anybody fool you. I told you the market cap of all 6,000 plus crypto is like 350 billion, uh, 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 right now. And we're going to the trillions. If we just go to a trillion market cap, we just made two X from here.
0: Yeah, from everything I've seen, it looks inevitable, so.
1: Yeah, and and, and in this bull market, we estimate, we estimate conservatively that we're gonna get to somewhere between 1.5 to 2 trillion in this bull market. And and you think
0: this bull market will last what? Like maybe 12 to 18 months?
1: The bull market usually last, uh, okay, so the way that the cycles work in crypto, the bear markets last like two or three years but the bull markets only last like six to six to um, it, it, it's like around six, eight, nine, ten 10 months. It's not very long, The the, yeah. the period goes up because it goes up like this, like a hockey yeah. stick it goes up and it goes up very, very fast. Yeah. And
0: yeah. are we even, we're not, are we in a confirmed bull market yet from a technical trading?
1: From, from, from a technical perspective, we're still near the bottom because yeah. the, the, okay. So, It went all the way up to, if you look at the, the, just the the, the traditional market cap, the coinmarketcap.com data, right? Uh, You know what? Let let me just use the the Typhoon 30 indexes. That's what we made it for. If you look at the Typhoon 30 cryptocurrency market index, it went to a high, it started at hundred points in July of 2017, right before the bull market started. And it went to a high of 707 points. So let's just say from 100 to 700. Right now we are sitting at 240 points. Oh, wow. So we're near the bottom. We're not near the top. Nice. So we're still near the bottom. Okay. So if it goes to the top, to the all-time highs, which is 700 points, 707 points. So we are going to do about a 2X just from here. Beautiful. Close to 2X. And if we go to a trillion dollar market cap, then we're going to, you know, like in, in, this, in this bull market cycle, I believe we're gonna crack 1,000 points for the first time on the Typhoon 30 cryptocurrency market index. And if we crack 1,000 points, that means that we're gonna get about three or four x out of it. Beautiful. So it ended up historically- That's
0: be, better than a savings account.
1: Yeah, it's not guaranteed every time, Brad, so I want your audience to know that. But historically, the, the, the reality performance has been significantly higher than the theoretical performance significantly. So if, if our index says that we gained three, three X in theory, you know, on the index in reality, in, in, in most of our students portfolios, it would gain like five, six, seven X or even more. So, so so I'm just saying that, that the index is, is a very our Typhoon 30 cryptocurrency market index is a very conservative number.
0: Okay. Perfect. Well, I like that, and it's um, it's going to be a fun ride. I'm already I'm already on that train. I'm like one of those Indian guys grabbing yeah, onto the. Yeah.
1: Just hold onto it, and then and then just and just reality check here too. Let's say I put ten thousand in, ten thousand in, and it goes up to a hundred thousand. There's ninety thousand of profit in there. So pull that. Pull that uh, initial money out. Yeah, if you're able to pull out. And that 90,000 90, profit, if you're able to pull out 30,000, you're doing fantastic. Because there's, there's a lot of unrealistic expectations in crypto. And I just want people to be realistic of what our eyes might see our portfolio go from 10 to 100,000 during the, the peak of the bull market. But realistically, what you're able to pull out is probably about 30,000. And if you can yeah. do that, pat yourself in the back. You're one of the best traders out there in crypto win. And if you happen to, 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 pull out like more than that, it's just luck. It's not really yeah. luck, you know, now yeah. if, if you, and that, that's for someone that is a first time in crypto, like you've never traded, you never got any education, someone like in your shoes who, you know, you, you do not know anything about crypto, you just got into it and you're just investing into the top coins that that's, that's realistic. Beautiful. Okay. So well,
0: I am dedicated to learning what I can with this What while- to help shed the light. And um, yeah, I mean, this, this brings us to the end of this amazing, amazing episode. Um, but uh, I mean, you can also be in the corner of a lot of people's, uh, you know, if they go check out cryptocurrency.market, that's the website, right? And you have various courses available, whether you're an absolute total beginner or you're looking to do technical trading and the you know, the way Ty does it. If if there's one thing that I hope that any of my listeners have gotten from this, it's to understand how like real you are you're not blowing smoke you're not promising these crazy stupid re- i mean these returns like you said oh yeah this bull market like three to five x that is an insane return compared to something like the stock market especially in that time period but there's a lot of people out there pitching get rich quick get rich easy all of this other crap and not being realistic about it i love how you you know the you know, you bring both the philosophical side to it, but also the trader side. You're not overly invested in that. This is just going to change the world in the next five to 10 years. Uh, But it is a way to change your life in the next five to 10 years. And um, I know that's one of the things you've done. And I'm so, so stoked for you that you've done it. it, Like, it makes me so happy that we're sitting on the other side of the table where you're giving me advice on some stuff.
1: (laughs) Dude, I, I am, I am forever thankful, man. At, at a time when, you know, I, you know, first got out of prison and, and I moved to Dallas and hey, th- that was some really hard times for me, man. You know, I just had my, you know, massive heart attack. And, you know, it's, you know, you try to get up on your feet and you get knocked down, you get up on your feet and you get, get up on your feet and you get knocked down so many times, you know, no matter how mentally tough you are, you know, man, that, that wears you out, man. And when, when I saw you, man. It was like a, a, you know, it's like going to the uh, the supercharger at Tesla with your car and getting that supercharged real quick, you know. And then to you know, when I got into that mastermind that you had, and I was thinking, and then I I saw all those numbers that those guys are throwing around. I'm like, it's just this, this, this can't be like real, you know. Like these guys are making this kind of money, you know. In, in your mastermind, I'm thinking like, yeah. If, I even make five percent of what these guys are doing. Like I can't be so stupid that I can't even make five percent of what, what these guys are doing, right?
0: Exactly. And
1: so that, that that was really, you know, just just to get that that supercharge from you, you know, you know, to, to, to move forward and and keep going and getting connected with the right people, you know. And then and it wasn't just one time, man. That that one time, that sit-down was one time, but every time after that, when we met at a conference or any meetup or something. It was it was like ongoing. It's like and and I was like and 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 it was that to the point. This is no bullshit, man. This is it was getting to the point where it was like embarrassing to see you. (laughs) I'm serious because when I saw you at a meetup or something, like, you know, he he's gonna know I haven't done much. You know, I like I'm trying. I'm trying to learn how to use a computer. I'm trying to learn how to build a website. I'm trying to do all these things. I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna see Brad again. You know, connecting with other people again, and I'm like. And I, I don't want to be that guy that doesn't do anything.
0: Well, I know? never thought that. I never thought that about you, for sure. So. I
1: know. I know you didn't, but it was just like something inside. But it lit a fire under my butt to go and get stuff done, man. It really did, man. Because I was like, I would see you at the events, and I was like, I'd go home and I was like, man, you know, he if if I if I, if I fail, you know, I was like, dude, there's guys like Brad that's connecting with me, all these different people and, and show me what to do and stuff. There's no reason. I have no excuses, you know, and yeah. that's why you know, I always remember that, man, you know, so I, I'm, man, dude, I'm I'm grateful, man. You know, it's an honor for me to be here and give back to the things that you've done for me. And I'm sure for countless other people that you've ran across in your life, man, there's not too many people I can run across, you know, in person, in person that I, that I can say that about, man, you know, so, you know,
0: well, from my- the bottom of my heart, thank you. That means a, that means a hell of a lot. So well, my man, I know you've got an, an, you got a day ahead of you. I've got a night ahead of me. We are about 14 hours apart, but I got lots of love for you, brother. And yeah. uh, we'll be talking here, um, crypto and fun. Let and me know, man. Let me everything.
1: know if you have any questions, man. You know, so got lots of free time. So just let me know. If I can help in any way, or your viewers in any way, I'll be happy to,
0: you know. All right, brother. Well, for everybody listening to this, epic truly epic epic sizzle because other podcasts have episodes we have epic sizzles as you can tell i uh, i hope you took notes i hope this has been uh, eye-opening for you if it has i want you to go check out the links in the show notes cryptocurrency.market follow ty at um on twitter at uh hey h-e-y-t-a-i-z-e-n and check out his youtube channel there'll be links for absolutely everything and send me an email. If you're into crypto, if you like this, if you uh, appreciate this or have other topics that you want me to cover, send me an email to askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com. I read every single email and I try to respond to all of them I can. And if you have a, a business challenge, if you're, if you're stuck, if you're plateaued, if something's just really not working and you'd like a second opinion, some other eyes on it, I do have a private client group. I do um, occasionally work with people and see if there's a, a nut that we can crack together. So once more, do not hesitate to reach out to me at askbrad at um, I hope you hit the subscribe button and uh, tune in and leave a review on iTunes. Ty, my brother, I will wish you a good day. I'm going to have a good night and we will talk soon.